Talk Radio. Thank you, Tommy. Evening, this is Ian Lee, live from New York City. I'm in a pizza restaurant. We're in the middle of a heat wave. It is exhausting, but we are having the time of our lives, and we've got some brilliant guests for you. Do stay tuned. 0344 499 Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Good evening, dear listener. Good evening, the world. This is Ian Lee, uh, live from uh, New York City. It's actually happening. We are in this fantastic restaurant called Pie by the Pound, uh, which is, I, I, I think, and you New York aficionados will know better than me, I think we're in the East Village. I don't really know. I'm a little bit confused. Um, but we, uh, we are here and we are being looked after um, by Jeffrey who runs it and it's this wonderful place where you go, yeah, can I get some of that pizza? How much do you want? And then you show them with your hand. Yeah, about that much, please. Um, and it is absolutely delicious. And uh, we arrived in New York yesterday to find out that New York is in the middle of a heat wave. And the middle of a heat wave. It is absolutely boiling. So, of course, we've both overdressed for it. We've got jackets and uh, Kath was wearing a jumper yesterday. I've bought um, this big pair of walking boots with me because we're walking around everywhere. Um, but my feet are apps there. Let's be honest, they are minging to use young people's parlance. It's quite noisy where we are because we're in a restaurant and that's the way it's going to be for the whole week. We're going to be in various noisy places speaking to um, exciting people. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, we're having, uh, well, Catherine, 9.30, is that brunch or breakfast? I would say that that is breakfast. Would I, well, I wonder if an American would. A brunch is more like 10.30, 11, isn't okay, it? Okay, well, we are having breakfast with um, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I know! We're having breakfast with Steve Gutenberg, and then we're recording with Keith and the girl, and I think you'll be able to watch that live online. I'll let you know. I'm going to be on their show, and then they're going to, we're going to record something for, for this show. Um, later in the week, we're meeting Imani Coppola, my f- one of my favourite, favourite singers of all time, and I'm terrified. Um, we've got John Ronson. We're going to see him do a show on Wednesday night. Stephen Page we're seeing do a show on Thursday night, and hopefully going to speak to him. Uh, so we've got a really busy week. Um, uh, coming up in tonight's show, we've got uh, Greg Young who's one half of the Bowery Boys, who do this brilliant podcast talking about New York and New York history. Uh, in the last hour of the show, we, t- we speak to uh, Maeve Higgins. And we met Maeve this morning at uh, 9 o'clock. That definitely was breakfast um, in Brooklyn, New York. I've got to stop doing the voice because I'm actually with New York people. And I, I did the voice to a New Yorker earlier. And they just gave me a really filthy look. Uh, so you're going to hear that later on, and she's brilliant. She does a great podcast called Mave in America. She's also going to be doing the show with John Ronson on Wednesday, and is, is, is delightful and, and funny. She talks about why she moved over from um, Ireland. Um, dear listener, you're very welcome to give us a call. There's not much space for phone calls tonight, but we'll certainly fit one or two of you in. 0344-499-1000. But... Um, we left uh, London Heathrow yesterday morning. The flight left at 10 o'clock British time. We landed at about half past 12 New York time. Um, and we've kind of had adventures 
since. So uh, we put together this little, um, well, this is us arriving in New York. Enjoy. Well, we have made it to New York City. It is now five minutes to two New York time. Um, I don't know what time that is in the UK. It doesn't count. doesn't matter. I've stopped that thinking. The flight was all right. Apart from the bit where the pilot said, oh, yeah, we've got a bit of um, turbulence. Um, it's only for the next 300 kilometres, though. Flipping heck. That was a bouncy. Anyway, I'm out of breath because um, we came through um, checkout, check-in and check-out. Nothing to declare. And then y- Catherine, whoa, whoa, who is whoa. here, lost her passport. Yeah, no, it turns out you'd put my passport... No, Catherine had lost her passport. So in she, your pocket. She ran back through the thing, but left all of her luggage. Could you tell me, hurry up, I, sh- 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 on the floor. I continued searching for it, uh, and I found it. In your pocket. That, that, the, the location of it is irrelevant. It was in your pocket. How did that happen? The location of it was irrelevant. The finding of it was the key... But then I had to carry all of the luggage and the, the equipment, um, the, to- the broadcasting equipment, through the bit where you people come out. You know the bit where people come out holding signs? I had to go back through there, and you're not allowed back through there. And I don't know if you know this, but I was doing some research on uh, Wikipedia before we flew out. They got guns over here, man. They got guns. So I very nearly got mowed down. Um, to bring you your passport. No, you didn't. They were very okay. nice. Okay. So I thought, because we're in New York, it would be nice to start with a bit of New York-themed music. No. Okay, if not that, how about this? I'm back. Definitely not. Okay, if you're going to spoil my fun, uh, you can't say no to a little bit of this. Just set the scene nicely for New York City. What a cheese ball. Stop this now. Okay, right, well, let's... Let's go and get a cab then, shall we? In the back of a cab, we've just left the airport. We found the cab. Um, we, we followed the signs. Uh, I'll be honest. I am really disappointed. We flew American Airlines, and I'm really disappointed because I didn't get pulled off. Yeah, I think you might have misunderstood that headline. Ah, yes, yes, that makes um, a lot more sense. Actually, I wondered why he had a bloody face. Although. Actually, once. Anyway, we are. Um, th- there's nothing to report here, guys. We're, we're in the back of a car. Um, we, you know, it's the same as being in the back of a car in um, Britain, um, except we're we're 
it's like a mirror image of it. We're on the wrong side of the road. The steering wheel's on the left-hand side. Um, but very little for me to say here. Very little um, um, imagery, wordplay I can use here. So I'm going to keep quiet until we see something touristy. Okay. Do you promise? Get stuffed. I just, I just um, remembered. I remember two things actually. One. Um, on the plane, um, we watched Inception. Great film, wonderful um, scenes, brilliant acting, really well cast. Goes into a, it's like a dream fight. Uh, and so I would give that two thumbs up. But the other thing I remembered is when we queue in for the taxi, there was a woman who was just sort of stood hardly anywhere near the queue and then I said are you queuing for a cab and she said yes so then I said under my breath but not to her well why don't you get in the back of the queue then instead of just standing there but I didn't say it loud enough for her to hear because I didn't want her to hear it but I was really angry so um so far mixed results in terms of dealing with the natives in the United States of America. I'll tell you something, though. As we're driving along um, this freeway highway... Um, it was murder. Um, there's, a, there's a very heavy smell, and it's um, the heavy smell of a country in turmoil. <laughs> what are you laughing at that for? That's definitely not what that smell is. It, well, what is it, then? You drunk too much coffee. I did have a lot of coffee on the plane. Jeez. Um... It's a heavy smell of a country in turmoil as it comes to grip with its new president, with um, all all of the the things that are happening in America right now, a lot of things going on, the the Vietnam War. I don't actually know a lot of what's happening in America. I think Nam's over, but I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. Okie dokie. Well, it has to be said... This is Ian Lee, by the way. I should have said that in case you've just tuned in and wondered. This is uh, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, but, but coming to you live from New York, but this bit's pre-recorded, so... Um, we're still in the cab. Um, it has to be said, the traffic is absolutely awful. I, what, I, I'm t- tempted to turn back. No, I think that would be excessive, but it is extremely heavy, it has to be said. Driver, what, what's going on? Why is the traffic so bad? Uh, the, the Puerto Rican parade. Ah. A Puerto Rican parade, and so we, and that's kind of holding everything up, is it? Uh, there's on Fifth Avenue, right, on the parade. So okay. they, they start, you know, trying to uh, do the best they can, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, if there's a Puerto Rican parade, yeah. does it go on all day the parade, or is it just this afternoon? Uh, this afternoon. Okay. But we might we might catch a little bit of the old uh, PRP, the Puerto Rican Parade. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'd like to get involved. Although, well, in, in many ways we are involved. In one way we're involved because we're stuck <laughs> as a direct result of it. Um, well, you know, we're in we're in New York. Yep, we definitely are. <laughs> Never complain about the air conditioning. In a private jet. That's the lesson I've learned, guys. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to enjoy 
been stuck in this traffic. And the sound you can hear is a train going over the Queensborough Bridge. They know what they know what trains sound like. Yeah, but the Queensborough Bridge, if you have a map, you can you can walk along with your fingers and it's like you're here with us. Uh, I mean, I think that's patronising. I mean, people like Caddick and, 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 you know, might think that's a fun game, but most normal people... OK, well, normal people, just imagine it with your um, face. That's a weird thing to say. I think this is it. We're here. We're here. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Excellent driving. All right, we'll Despite all of the um, Puerto Rican paraders... Uh, all we down. Yeah, <laughs> we made it. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent work. Right. Thank you. Get out. Thank you, dude. Oh, made it. Thank you. That's the heavy one. Thank you, man. Lovely. No, no, no. We've got everything. How much do we owe you, man? Can I get a receipt, please? I don't know about tipping. What do I? How much do I tip? We're well, sixty-nine dollars. How much do I tip it? Uh, eighty. Yeah. Round well, but what, well, that would be seventy then. That's a dollar. Okay. Well, yeah. Give him eighty. Jeez. This is the stress. This is the stress of being in New York. I have no idea about tipping, and they tip all the time, don't they? I mean, he, he drove us here, but um, his job. But they they depend on tips. I give. I'm going to give him a hundred. Are you? No. Well, I don't know. Uh, okay, I'm going to. I can do this. I can do this. I can pay the man money. Lovely. Thank you, dude. Keep the change. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye bye. Okay, but let's go before we, he says. Oh, let's shut your boot. Before he thinks it's a stingy tip. Let's go. Well, we've che- you're very welcome, Catherine. I'm a gentleman. We've checked into the hotel. I'm a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm surprised. Why is your room significantly larger? The mine. Well, if you let me arrange stuff, that's what's going to happen. Are you serious? Yeah. Also, I am smaller than you, so I require more room. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm in like a tiny box, and then I just came to knock no, for you no, so no. we can get some food. It just feels tiny because you're bigger. Flipping it. Um, we are here. We are um, off to get some food. You don't want to hear that. So instead, um, I'm going to throw to Ian and Kath, live Ian and Kath, because this is um, Sunday afternoon, who should be live at Pizza... What's it called? By, pizza by the Pound. Pizza by the Pound. Ian and Kath, are you there? Yes, we are, Ian and Kath. Well, I hope you're having as good a time as we are. We're having the same time as you. We're future Oh, you. yeah, of course. We are the Idiot. same people. Well, over to you. Thanks, guys. Um, I just want to say that during that report being played out, yeah. um, I bit off a bit of skin on my thumb. Okay. I am bleeding excessively. 
but I'm being very, very brave about it. Do they have like a Pride of Britain in America? <laughs> yeah, it's called Pride of America. Oh. Um, so that was kind of our first day, and we, we, we went off and we saw loads of bits and pieces, and we recorded some of it, we've made some videos, we're going to play uh, the audio of... We, we went to the Dakota Building, which is famous for... Well, I, I, I'll tell you what it's famous for in a bit. 0344 499 You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation. Wealth losing sleep over Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, dear listener. Ian Lee and Catherine here, actually live from New York. We're in this brilliant restaurant, Pie by the Pound, and I can see the uh, young delivery gentleman. Is, look, at the size of, look at the size of that delivery package. Look at that. And they have, like, proper huge pizzas here as well. It's not, uh, that's not even 12 inches, that it, guy's packing. Enormous. He's, pack, he's got to be packing an 18-inch got to be. Um, we're here from New York, we're here all week, and it's going to be a slightly different show, okay? It, it, you, there will be moments when you can phone in, of course, it's a phone-in show, but we have worked like Billio to set up some amazing guests for you this week. Like I say, today we've got Maeve Higgins and we've got um, Greg Young from the Bowery Boys. Um, we, might, we, we might be getting a local artist coming in as well to chat to us, we're waiting for that. Tomorrow we've got Steve Gutenberg. Oh, oh, Alan, are you there? Hip, 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 sir. Hip, 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 Alan, how you doing? No matter what kind of cake? Um, American cake. With me, I still lemon drizzle. Well, they don't serve it over here. It was outlawed in 1776. No, really? Yeah, they did. They outlawed it when they kicked the British out. Um, how you doing, Cads? You alright? Hello, how was the flight? The flight was... Well, the flight was okay, actually. I'm not a fan of flights, um, but there was there was a, a, a bit where the, the captain came on and... and I've never heard this before. He said, um, the seatbelt... The seatbelt sign has come on. We're going to experience some turbulence, but don't worry, it's only for the next 300 kilometres. That's about 40 minutes. Flipping it, it was... And I sunk my nails into your leg. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I did. And, I not, hate it. He's not a brilliant flyer anyway, um, Caddick, so... Um, oh. But even I was thinking, oh, God, I can't stand... 40 minutes of this but I was trying to tough it out like yeah. I wasn't bothered but actually I was clinging on it was about half an hour in the end and it wasn't the worst turbulence I've been in but it was horrible here's the thing uh, Alan one of the great joys of flying and I hate flying but one of the best things about it is the movies oh, yeah. and um, yeah. uh, so you get there and you scan through the movies and now what they let you do on airports is before you weren't allowed to watch movies or listen to music until you'd reached cruising height altitude yeah. is the word I believe they use and then they'd stop them Something you're speaking in the tens of thousands, definitely no more than fifty, no less than twenty-five. Um, but now you can start watching the movies and listening to music on the runway. So we're flicking through the movies, and we started a film, Alan, and I did some. I did something I very rarely do, and I blame this on Netflix. Half an hour into a film, and we were both watching the same film, and we started it. We, we simultaneously we synchronized our movie watching. Half an hour into. D- 20 minutes into it, I turned to Kath and said, this is boring. She went, give it 10 more minutes, it'll pick up. 10 minutes later, she looked at me and went, nah, this is no good. Do you know what that film was, Alan? What was it? Have a guess. Well, it can't be any of the police coming in, because we've got Kay Mahoney coming in a week. Yes. Well, it's probably something to do with Theresa May. (laughs) I've literally just asked a lunatic to think of a film. (laughs) No, it was, um, um... Jersey Boys, the film about Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Oh my God! It was so boring. Well, sure, it must have been a better film. All they did was talk about bread. 
344 is the telephone number if you win. I think we lost Alan there, unfortunately. And it turns out Alan's right. There were better films, and we had a good look at them. <laughs> we did, and we'll, we'll, we'll bore you with our films later. Um, uh, 0344 499 Because we're in New York, and we are in this wonderful um, pizza restaurant where we've stuffed our faces on pizza. Oh, my God, now, we've so stuffed, good. Well, the, all the food in America is amazing. It's that cliche of you get huge portions, but it's, it's you go into somewhere for a snack, and, and you, you get, like, a big... Meal, we will not wonderful. be having any starters for the whole week. Oh, man alive. We both said uh, diets are out of the window this week. And, and, and you know, we're being spoilt with, um, with the food. I was going somewhere with that thought, and I can't think where I was going. Anyway, it, it, it'll come to me in a bit. Oh, yes, that's it. Because we are uh, set up in the corner of this wonderful restaurant, Pizza by the Pound, which I think is in the East Village, it does mean that some things might be a little bit clunkier in terms of me knowing, um, me hitting the news... <laughs> For example, I don't know if I'll be able to do that, um, and knowing when callers are there. So, I, uh, Ed, I believe you're in the. You are, well, I know you're in the studio back in England. Is that correct? I am here. Okay, and you will um, you will interrupt me any time you think there's a caller of significance. That is correct. So, uh, are there any callers of significance? No, I mean we just had Alan, and I didn't interrupt you for that. But we have no callers <laughs> lined up on the board at this stage. You can call in, guys. Uh, it's the normal number: oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And you can talk New Yorkie stuff. You can ask us stuff. You can recommend stuff. Definitely recommend stuff. Um, or if you just want to call in and talk the usual nonsense, nonsense, just let us know. Was I haven't seen. Uh, I've deliberately not looked at the news for the last couple of days. Um, I mean, the last time I really looked at it was Saturday night. So I've got no idea what's happened. It sounds um, uh, um, like the, the country's falling apart, which is wonderful to hear while we're in America. Um, which has got its uh, stuff together. Hey, totally. yeah, oh, it's totally sorted now. The, the president is sorted. Um, I went to visit the president. You'll hear that in a little bit, actually. An exclusive. Um, gun crime is sorted out. i tell you the thing, though, Cass. Mm. And again, it's another one of those cliches, but a lot of cliches are born in truth. Everybody has been so polite to us. Everybody. The waiting staff, we had to go to um, a building to get some documents today. Uh, the guy on reception, and we did, you know, we, we didn't have a contact name. And in, in Britain, I've heard people say, well, you, you, you know, you have to give them a call. You said, he went, well, I will sort this out for you guys. Let me. Let Except me in an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly saw them. Um, but everybody is bending over backwards to help us. Totally. And the thing is, right, we grew up watching uh, the 80s films about New York. Yeah. Right? And in the 80s films about New York, everyone um, comes to New York expecting niceness and gets a kick of the ass. Whoa. The New Yorkers. Hey, no, watch, your, watch your language, mate. No, no, but, you know, we were brought up thinking, oh, you go to New York, it's going to be, yeah. it's hardcore, it's the big city. Well. Dog eat dog. Actually, people actually, here have been so nice. They have been saying that I have committed five murders and I have started smuggling heroin for the mafia i haven't um here's here's something we had yesterday right we were we, we were wandering around and we were kind of in that weird sort of days because i it was so hot i mean it was nearly 100 today it was it was definitely over 90 yesterday we saw some women in times square who had oh. the costume thing sorted free the, the weather, nipples if you if you've seen the video of free the nipples you'll you'll hear about that tonight I, it, we're going to play a little thing that was you know like an audio diary of what we got up to yesterday but there were these um, women with no clothes on just a pair of little thong underpants and uh, free the nipples and body paint apparently it was for feminism but i couldn't quite work that out i'm going to be feminist by keeping my nipples <laughs> um tied up um i didn't know where to look 
So I looked at her boobs. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they want you to do. Well, yeah, and then she started jumping up and down. She wow. wanted me to give her a tip. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But we're wandering around, and um, we, we were kind of hungry, and we wanted to get something to eat, and I really wanted a coffee. Um, and, but we didn't have a clue where to go, and because we, we didn't have the internet, because we have, you know, we've got our phones, and it's really expensive, and we forgot to bring out the tour book. So we're wandering out Times Square, and then I saw this sort of bar in the distance, and went right there. I've had enough. We're going to go in there and get some food. And as we passed it, we just saw this thing a block away called the Stardust, Ellen's Stardust Diner. And we couldn't see what it was. But I went, do you know what? That looks, like, that looks more fun. It's bright and colourful. So we queued up. There's a big queue to get in. We queued up. Uh, and eventually we got let in. And um, it was, well, some would describe it as a nightmare experience. Um, it was weird, wasn't it? It was the sort of place that my dad yeah. would think was absolute hell, yeah. right? Because what it is, it's an old-fashioned... Imagine the 1950s diner, like one in Greece or Happy Days, yeah. right? And except... In Greece and Happy Days, as far as I remember, yeah. there were no people jumping up on the tables and singing. You, Lorena, they did that in both of those films and TV series. Oh, right, so just like in Greece <laughs> and Happy Days. It was. We walked in and there's a, there's a, um, a woman with a microphone on, on the... Uh, there's like a walkway between the tables, like emceeing something. I thought, oh, OK, they have like an act. They have like a little cabaret every oh. half an hour. No, no, they don't. They have a cabaret all day one after the other and it's not just any old cabaret it was the waiting yeah. stuff right and so w w when we got in it was being hosted by this very camp gentleman they were all very camp gentlemen let's be honest um, and um, and he, w but he was very funny he was, I mean he was very funny and he was very charming and we sat down and um, he was introducing all of the waiting staff who would come on and sing a song from a Broadway musical because this place is on Broadway yeah right? but also they're all actors they're all actors who are you know making ends meet making rent by, yeah. by going and doing this sort of waiting at, at uh, Ellen Stardust Diner. And for some of them, yeah. you could see why maybe Broadway isn't grabbing them yet. Yeah, well... Some of them were amazing. We all... i tell you what was nice, is there were loads of families with little girls. And when I say little girls, they're about 12, 12 years old, 10 to 12 years old. And you could see those girls. There was one sat next to me, yeah. and she was... It was just wonderful to see. For her... It was like being at the, it was like um, seeing the Beatles at Shea Stadium. It was like a rock concert. Her eyes were like saucers. Oh, weren't they, weren't they just? All, and uh, you could see her head was full of the dreams and the possibilities that wow, one day I could sing in a small diner off Broadway. Oh God, yeah. If anyone's got little girls, my little girls yeah. certainly think that life is a musical, right? If yeah. I ever um, happen upon my children in a moment where they don't realise they're being watched, they will be singing. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, but I tell you, we're going to a break in a second. But before I go to the break, let me oh uh, let me tell you this. I'm just going to say two words, and then when I say these two words, Ed, I want you to hit that break because this is going to blow the minds of the people listening. I had um, uh, I had um, uh, 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 an ice cream, a Coke float. We call it a Coke float in this country. Over there, it's called like an egg sundae or something, right? And I was intrigued by the recipe. Vanilla ice cream, and wait for this, guys. This is this is it. This is going to blow your mind. Once I say these two words, Ed, you hit that break, and the whole of Britain will be in stunned silence. Chocolate Coke. 
the radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Chocolate flavoured Coke. Come and join us. We'll, I'm just chat talking about chocolate Coke. We'll, we'll come to you in a second. Sit, you sit down and get comfy. Chocolate flavoured Coke. Julie, can you believe such a thing? It's just blown my timeline. How, how do we not have that? How? Is, how? Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. I'm going to find where they sell chocolate-flavoured Coke, right? And I am going to buy crates of it, and I am going to become an importer of that stuff. And if you want that, honestly, I've never had anything like Is it. it. If you want... Oh, flipping heck. If you guys... It's, listen, I'm not really supposed to do this on, on, on the radio, but who cares? If you guys want chocolate flavour Coke, then come to me, Ian Lee. I'm going to buy <laughs> shed loads of it and ship it over to the UK, and I'm going to make my millions. Like a kind of soft drinks Pablo Escobar. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I need to employ, I need to employ someone to, to fly some planes. But that, honestly, Julie, it was incredible. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was good. How are you doing? You are right? Yeah, I'm good. Um, you're saying that you haven't looked at the newspapers and made us yes. sort of obviously away. Holiday, yeah. Kind of made me think about being a, being a kid, being on holiday. Oh. And um, the major question was, what's going to be number one when oh. I get back? Oh, what's, what was what's number, be what number, was number one, one on, on Sunday night? When I get back. Hmm? What was number one on Sunday night then? Did you listen I've to the no charts idea. with Gary I've Davis? Got, I've got no I'm going to have a guess that it was Ed Sheeran. Oh, I've got, I've got no idea, but it was just that that was a burning issue because when you're away and you have no um, no kind of uh, method of knowing what was number one, and, yeah. you know, that was it. And um, yeah. maybe, I don't know, you're going to get any pen pals while you're out there? Um, well, who knows? Everybody has been... Before, isn't it? Everybody has been so charming and so friendly. It's, you, you know, you, the, 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 it, it's, it's the way to real, do it. It's a real cliche, but man alive, they've got the, the whole service industry sewn up here. Tipping is the thing that, that upsets me and concerns me. Uh, I forgot the, the, the pressure, Julie, of having to tip. $69 taxi yeah. ride from the airport? I, I mean, was the tip I gave okay? I just don't know. I think, I think that was I think that was fine, oh, but it's difficult because sometimes on sales tax and you don't know what you're supposed oh. to be adding on but um, I hope you have a fantastic time and I saw a photo of you Ian leaping up in Times yeah, Square and with, it was um, it was wonderful in 90 degrees temperature well Julie I tell you what uh, is expensive over here is bread Oh, really? three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number now I've given Ed because I'm not there to um, to tell him when to cut callers off. I've given Ed a secret code word, which means cut the caller off. I wonder if you can guess what it is. <laughs> if any of the listeners can guess it, um, 0344 499 1000. Do you want to hand the microphone yeah, to sure. everyone? This, this is all really exciting. We're in this brilliant restaurant, this pizza restaurant, pie by the pound, because um, they call pizza pie over here, which I never quite got, but pie, pie should have a, a, a pastry lid. Um, but it, it, it's brilliant, and the food is amazing, and it's, it's also several things I've noticed. There's shed loads of board games, board games everywhere, and it's great. And we just had a couple of kids about an hour ago sat there fighting over Jenga. Wonderful. There are, so, there are some things that are the same the world over, two kids fighting over Jenga. Um, also, in here, and I've noticed in a few places actually, the walls are full of art, um, which I'm guessing is from local artists, and it's all for sale, or you can just come and look at it and admire it. And as we were setting up, um, uh, Jeffrey, who runs the place, said, do you want one of our artists? We went, 
dude, of course we want one of your artists. And we've got one that's just, you just joined us. Hello. Hello. Now, do we call you the Red Bunny or do you have a, a do we use a name? Um, well, my name's Andrea. Andrea. Yes. And am I right? Are you a local? To, do you live around here? Yes, I'm a local East Village artist. We're in, we are in the East Village, yeah. aren't we? I'm still a little bit unsure of kind of the locations. So what's the... Well, this may be a simple question or a dumb one. What's the difference between the East Village and Greenwich Village? Are we near Greenwich Village? We're kind of in the middle. Okay. Oh, so okay. you're kind of in the middle. You can lean either way, I guess, right here. And this is famously, then, a really historical artistic place in terms of I mean certainly in terms of music but painting and all all kinds of creative people yeah artists actors I mean yeah. Audrey Hepburn I mean lots of people were wow. hung out here you know wow. Catherine Hepburn I mean it's very East Village has always been a kind of a it's, artist community. It's very nice. Now, the, you've, you've got these, these wonderful paintings up. The ones I'm drawn to, now, I, I believe you might have done some mucky ones as well, but I like these ones, the, the cat. The, is this a real cat? Yeah, that's actually um, a cat that we adopted. Oh, really? And, uh, my mom has it now, so uh, it's a red Persian flat Stunning. Based. Stunning. Does a uh, boy or a girl? It's a boy. Prince, Persian it's prince. A boy. Is a boy. Yeah. <laughs> and does he, does he enjoy, does he, will he sit there and be painted? <laughs> Because my cat, if I try and take a picture of my cat, she's an old lady now, so she doesn't care. But she'll sit in a place for an hour. I think, oh, she looks really cute. I'm going to get a picture. As soon as I get the phone out, she's gone. Yeah. She just wanders off. They know. They know. He doesn't like the flash. Right. So if you can turn the flash off you, and you can kind of sneak a picture, you're yeah. good. Uh, so how, how come, um, how does work get shown here? Do you come in and speak to Jeffrey and say, hey, Jeff, I've got some pictures. Can I display them? Yeah. Um, you contact Jeffrey and um, he kind of looks at your artwork and you guys curate a little bit together and yeah. choose what wow. can be appropriate. I Now, yeah, it's to, interesting you yeah. said that. Go on, go on. He's warned I, us. I seem to uh, paint... My paintings right now are kind of the PG version, so there's more yeah. cats and portraits and some more uh, appropriate, age-appropriate, because it's a pizza shop and kids but and family. he was saying <laughs> that you've done um, uh, pin-ups, I think was the phrase yeah, he used. Yeah, that's more my style is like... Um, I mean, no, nothing too risque, but I, maybe too risque for, for children. Yeah. Well, well, this dog one's a little bit. I mean, I've got, again, I've got a dog. They sit in the most indelicate... I know. It's, a, it's an interesting position. <laughs> it's brilliant. How long have, have you always lived in this area? Um, I am originally from Missouri, so oh, the Midwest, okay. the country. <laughs> why? When did you come to New York and why? I came to New York... I actually just did the math the other day. It's been 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I came here for modeling. I I modeled for 10 and always was a painter anyway yeah. so why new york and, and i think this is going to be a theme of this week because <laughs> new york is famously like london like london i suppose because they're both uh, ports but um new york seems to attract people from all over the world we just spoke to Maeve higgins this morning who's an irish-born comedian who lives here now and she does a podcast um called Maeve in america where she talks to immigrants and it can be you know some of the stories are quite heavy and, and, and some of them are quite light but what's interesting is that, that they're all human she was telling us about a syrian refugee um who lives here now and she goes it could have been quite worthy but he's just bought a cat no he's an iraqi guy <laughs> he's just bought a cat because he's lonely and he's got no friends and the cat doesn't like him oh, no. so you know there's that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. um so it, why why new york for you uh well i think the beautiful thing about new york speaking of just people individually is that it's just a bunch of weirdos <laughs> yes. but we're all weirdos in like some kind of eclectic way that yeah. just like brings us here so you may have been sort of an outcast in your 
where you were. And yeah. here you come and you feel like, hey, there's a bunch of other people that are just like me here. So there's all, It's always said, <laughs> and I've kind of gone along with this a bit in the past, that New York and London are really similar. Yeah, I love London. I've been there. I don't it's beautiful. Think, it is, it's a great place. It's <laughs> a great city. It, yeah. I lived there for years and I moved out a few years ago and I love it. And I work in there and it, I think it's a great place. I really love it. But I don't... I think there's a huge difference between New York and London. And if you've been there, I wonder if you'll have spotted, if you think the same thing. New York is so much friendlier. It, it, it seems to be, I don't know if it's because my accent, I don't know I if it's... I love your guys' accent, well, so maybe like, that's why yeah, I Maybe. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting on the Hugh Grants a bit. Yeah, okay. um, it, 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 maybe it's the accent, maybe we've just been lucky, but in, in every visit I've been, in the last two days on this visit, everybody's been amazing. And London can be quite um, brusque and cold sometimes and let's be honest rude <laughs> well maybe it's just the weather you know you cut new yorkers the sun's out finally so everybody's happy and uh, this is some weather you know. you've got going yeah, this is is this normal uh it's actually been a pretty cold spring wow you just hit the warm weather like yesterday this, and this is too hot yeah <laughs> yeah now with the ac's blazing <laughs> this yeah. is too hot uh, listen we'll take a, a, a short break we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get more uh, from the red bunny and we'll, we'll if you've got websites and things we'll send people there uh you can give me a call as well of course of course, dear listener, um, it's the usual number, 0344-499-1000. You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Hello, dear listener, this is Late Nights with Ian Lee uh, on Talk Radio. We are in New York. It's If it sounds a bit echoey, if it sounds a bit noisy, it's because we're in a pizza restaurant. Um, in uh, East, the East Village and it is uh, it's busy and people are coming in and ordering their food and I tell you what, it is flipping hot man, it is so hot, we are uh, in the middle of a heatwave, it's wonderful I mean, we're walking <laughs> walking around through New York and I keep saying, right, let's cross the road let's, let's go and walk in the shade, it's too hot, let's go and walk in the shade and, um, and also you walk really fast oh I do, because his legs are like <laughs> my height so um, every now and again he'll turn around and realise that I'm about two blocks behind. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's your problem. I know where I'm going and I'm going to get there. You can call in, dear listener. At the last hour, we've got Maeve Higgins on, so you won't be able to call after 12. Um, but you can call in. And if you want to share your stories of New York, then please do. If you've got any suggestions of where we should go or, or, or people that we should see, then uh, please tell us that. Um, or if you just want to come on and uh, try and explain the tip thing to me. I'm never good with the tips. I'm never good. Hey, maybe you can. Maybe you can help. Um, I'm, here we go. Give, give you that. Hello. Uh, the tipping. I, the tipping thing makes me anxious. It confuses the hell out. What, in the cab, what am I supposed to tip? Twenty percent, I guess, is average. It, it, okay, yeah. is that, that seems a lot, but that's. It feels like a lot if you're from Europe. Yeah. Have you ever been to Japan? I have. Oh, where have you been? Uh, Fukuoka. It's a small island. Oh. No, nothing fancy like Tokyo. No. Well, I've been, I've been to, uh, I've been to Tokyo a couple of times, and they don't tip there. They, you, you don't tip anybody. No, you, actually, they feel very uncomfortable yeah, if you try to tip them. They think it's rude. If you uh, and we did it in a restaurant, and they came running down the yeah, street, you forgot this exactly. And in cabs, you don't tip, and it's brilliant because yes. it's all sorted. I mean, it's a lifestyle. You get used to it. Yeah. You come to New York, and you're like twenty percent extra. It's already twenty percent more. Um, let's let, if, if people want to go online and have a look at your work and bits and pieces. Have, have you got a website, Instagram? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, we're, I put my live Instagram up now, hey! so people can. See how can they watch us on live Instagram? Um, what what the, are you at? The Red Bunny. 
Just the Red Bunny. The Instagram. Red Bunny. Yeah. Hello, you Instagram. Can, you can see us. We're live right now. Live. That's exciting. Um, yeah, or you can visit my website, theredbunny.com. Theredbunny.com. And if you go there, you can say that you heard her on here, and um, and that would be nice. A little bit of connection. Um, are you working on anything? Oh, hello. Sorry to interrupt. That's you. all right. Ed, this is a, Ed, my friend Ed, who is uh, left at home because he's got no mates, Aww. is about to give me a little bit of information. Yes. The tip that I would give you is 4700. <laughs> Do you know what? I think we might say that for later but if you could give me an out time my dear okay 4700 but if you i'm gonna we'll play that one later oh okay all right, the, the yeah so we'll, we'll do that a bit later we, we were gonna play a little clip but i think maybe we'll we'll, we'll play that in the next hour in so, that case so, 5755 is your tip thank you very much indeed 5755 um so are you working on anything at the moment um, yes, I'm, I'm always working on something in my really? mind, but but I am painting a, a picture of three girls' butts, and oh. they're kind of bent over, and uh, there's little stockings and lingerie. And, uh, Is this for feminism? Because we saw we saw some topless women in Times Square. Yeah, that's feminism for sure in Times Square. <laughs> Is it? Because I, I said maybe well, it depends. If, were they laying on the grass or were they walking around? They were walking around. So that's a feminism. But if they were laying down, that wouldn't be feminism. Maybe they're just getting the tan, you know. I don't know. <laughs> it was very. Str- I think I think you'd be arrested in London. For yeah. Doing well, that. I actually, when I first moved here, like 12 years ago, I thought the same thing. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I saw a woman pass me with no top on, and I was like. What the hell is She's going gonna on? She's going to get arrested. And I talked to her, and she spoke to me, and was like, you know, women's rights, and we can be a, <laughs> we can be topless just like men. It's the law. I don't know, so. but here's the thing: I don't like topless men. There's, we have it, in Britain when it, the first day of sunshine, <laughs> you get these men walking around Tesco's and supermarkets with no top on. That's inappropriate. <laughs> I don't want to see that. That's horrific. Um, you mentioned that New York is full of weirdos yeah. and freaks. Yeah. Maybe you didn't say freaks. I'm saying freaks. No, but in the in a good way, yeah. in a sincere way. Yeah, because no, I'm exactly. one too. So individuals, one, individuals is better. Yeah. Um, what else is there about New York? Because it is an amazing place. I've been here loads of times, and I was flicking through my passport, and actually, I've been here way more times than I thought. Um, and there is something very magical about it, isn't there? It, 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 and, and walking the streets, you know, we're walking the streets, and we walk past the Brill Building, where loads of songs in the 60s were in, and Fifth Avenue and Broadway. And me and Kath, you know, we've seen stuff. We go, oh, it's Fifth Avenue. Oh, it's Broadway. You know, it, oh, it's times. You know, it's ridiculous. But it's, there's a certain magic about yeah, it, isn't it, there? Yeah, the energy. I mean, you feel everybody. Sometimes it can be overwhelming because it's a hustle. But yeah. when you come here and you haven't been here in a while, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Because you're just like so much energy and people are just doing stuff. Yeah. You know? Just full of like positive amazing how the hell do you stay slim in this place as well (laughs) well you stay slim because you walk everywhere (laughs) (laughs) i suppose that's it you know me and kath are both trying to lose a bit of weight and we've just said when we get to new york no cabs you just walk and and (laughs) you'll lose all the way everywhere (laughs) um is it just paint just in inverted commas painting that you do or have Uh, you got other photography too yeah but i mean i mostly paint from my photography uh i do photography for fun i feel like Photography is kind of, the, for me, it's the easier way because it's an instant yeah. shot. I like to make myself suffer and uh, spend uh, hours and months on something. And if we, were, if we were to come to your apartment, we're not, don't yeah. worry. Is, I mean, is it, is it a mess? I always imagine artists' apartments with paints everywhere and canvases and, and just mess everywhere. Well, actually, my... Not, I'm like the opposite. Oh wow! <laughs> My mom was very clean, very OCD clean, so I'm probably the cleanest artist you'll meet. <laughs> hey, listen, give your website and your Instagram yes. another plug okay, so that okay, the listeners yeah. at home can yeah, go and have a look. Yeah, we're live still, so hi. <laughs> 
Uh, it's the Red Bunny, so just the yeah. Red, R-E-D, Bunny, B-U-N-N-Y, and, or the theredbunny.com. Have you had chocolate cola? I have. It's delicious. And can you just <laughs> buy it in shops, and to, in bottles, and Yeah, and you can. And you know, it's funny, because before you could buy that, my mom, actually, when I was a kid, used to put chocolate syrup in my Coca-Cola. And I was like, this is amazing. I, you know, I wow. didn't know that now it's like a thing. Here's my thing, and Kath <laughs> is disgusted by this. You get a glass... Half of it with Coca-Cola, the rest of it with milk. Ah, oh, I never tried that. Try it, honestly. It's good with chocolate, no. <laughs> well, I've said this, Kath, I'm, I'm going to um, buy shed loads of chocolate uh, Coke. I'm taking it over to the UK. <laughs> I am going to make my fortune. That's what I'm going to do. This is how you I'm going to get rich. It, right? Oh, man alive. I'm going to start <laughs> a black market. Yeah. <laughs> I, if people, I'm going to be like, um, forget, forget your drugs, kids. Forget <laughs> your drugs. This is what you want. Chocolate Coke. There is nothing finer. Um, is there a community of artists then that you kind of, do you sort of, the, the way I imagine it, and I'm sure this is terribly 1980s of me, <laughs> but you artists, you sit around, you drink, drink Studio 54? Yeah, well, no, not, not quite that hedonistic, but you sit around drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, and just... Complaining? Complaining about how painful the existence of life is. Do you do that? Uh, I mean, I recently have a two-year-old son, so I don't oh, have wow. that much time to complain anymore. Wow. How's that going? It's good. He's, he's very busy, and, and he tries to put his mark on my artwork. Oh, so. man alive. <laughs> is, that, is that your first child? Yes. Oh, you're in for a joy. We've both got kids. And it just gets... It gets better and harder. It just, it just goes like that now, forever. Um, is, is, is he showing much artistic bent? Yes, he's he's very active. He's already he started skipping naps. <laughs> he's so. very active. You wait. He started skipping naps already, so I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, my, I've got boys who are seven and five. And they are nuts. They are absolutely nuts. And I'm going to say something a little bit rude, but... All they do now is just try and hit each other in the willy. That's all they do. And it's constantly, Dad, he's just hit me. I, I don't care. I don't want to know about it. Stop doing it. I don't, you, you shouldn't do it. Stop it. It's a horrible thing to do. Just, you know, stop, please. And, but they, they don't. Um, and it's, it, so you've got a lot to come. Exactly. You've got a lot more to we come. We went through the hitting phase recently. But it's, it's human nature, you know. Yeah. It's animalistic. Yeah. You can't use your words, and you're learning your words, so you just push somebody over. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. Sadly. <laughs> you, well, you, exactly. It's our jobs to guide them out of it. Oh, I just let them go. <laughs> now, after seven years and five years, I just let them um, get on with out. it. I'm like, I don't want anything. I, honestly, just... Let the winner come and speak to me, please. It's just terrible. The winner can have a chocolate Coke. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. They don't, they don't like fizzy pop. They don't like Coke or lemonade. I know. Because for a long, long time, I, I like a glass of Coke from time to time. And we didn't really want them when they were younger to have it. Yeah. So they go, Daddy, what's that? I saw it's medicine. You won't <laughs> like this. It's medicine. Um, and, uh, uh, but now they've got older and they've tried it. They go, oh, no, we don't like it. It's horrible. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they'll keep all of their teeth. <laughs> and that will be that. Um, so you say you've got ideas going on in your head. Um, have you have you uh, uh, have you got a half finished canvas at home or? Um, yeah, it's almost finished. It's probably is going to be one. Oh, this is one. the stockings and yeah, the bums. Yeah, that one's almost okay. done. But I, I mean, I always have ideas in my head. I recently finished one. I was just mentally proud because I had been preparing it for five years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so in my mind, it was going on for five years. You know? Five years. <laughs> yeah. 
That's dedication yeah. or insanity. Yeah, maybe. It's one of the two. I'm not sure I, which. I think because I finished it, it's not insanity anymore, right? <laughs> have you finished it though? Yeah. And it's, it's finished in your head. No, it's finished. I but, finished. In, but in your head, have you fi- even though yeah. that's now you're done? Yeah. And it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Wow. But I mean, it's like <laughs> it's funny because a, a great photographer once told me that every time he shoots a model, he falls in love with the model wow. just for the day. Oh yeah. And then he's over it. Is and it's kind of funny because sometimes I feel like that when I'm painting. You yeah. know, I'm in love with this piece, and then I, then I'm over it, and then yeah. I'm on to the next one, and then I'm in love with that one more. You know, it's funny. And um, people buy them. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first time you sold one? Your first, the first one that that cash exchanged hands for. Yeah, I was uh, maybe like in fifth grade, and it was one of my old teachers asked me to paint a wedding picture for her and wow. her husband. So I was very excited. I think I got like forty dollars, and I thought it was so cool. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. What a brilliant thing for a teacher to do. Yeah, it was. It That's was inspiring. Nice. It was, and it, look, I'm here in New York, and I was in Missouri. So <laughs> she was I don't, I don't know anything about Missouri. I've yeah. heard of it. But it's, it's normally in films, it's normally a character has left Cowboys. Mis- yeah, well, kind of. Or they've left Missouri. Yeah. So uh, what is Missouri like? It's funny because I don't meet that many people from Missouri and New York. But, you know, it's, uh, everybody sort of just stays there and has their families and their life. And, and, they're, and they're content. Yeah, they're happy, super happy. Nice. I mean, it's a different kind of life, yeah. you know. I'd like to be happy. Yeah, sometimes I, I envy that. Yeah. Right? It's like the peacefulness of just like having a big family and a nice house. It's funny, house isn't it? I remember growing a up. A car. You know, yeah. We don't have a car here. So. I remember growing up and um, in, a, in a small town sort of outside of London. And the, the, the path that was laid out for us children in that town was you will go and work at this industrial site, possibly get, a, get an office job, and that will be it. And most of my peers... They were cool with that, and that was the thing: was, yeah. to, was to get this secure job, get the house, get the, the you know, get married, have the, the two point four kids in the car. <laughs> and I, even from a really young age, I seem to remember thinking, I can't, that, I couldn't do that. Yeah, that would destroy too. me. I remember thinking that too. So that's why you got out. Well, I did. Out the, that, you know. uh, give the website. We're, we're going to go. We're going to finish now. So we, we, then we got another guest. It's, it's so wonderful. Sure. We got all these guests know, that are just turning up. That's the beautiful thing about New York. You can call someone, yeah. and they're right around the corner. When, when Jeffrey said, "Do you want one of?" our artists we're like yes that would be awesome <laughs> right so um, um, the, the Red Bunny it's um, the Red Bunny on Instagram yep. and what was the website again the Red Bunny the same thing the Red how, Bunny that's me the Red Bunny I have red just, hair so. yeah, exactly <laughs> just Google and, and have a look and you'll, you will find it thank you so much for coming to talk thank to you. us thank you thank you for having me it's an absolute pleasure I appreciate oh, it bye. thank you thank bye. you very much indeed have a nice um, day. dear listener 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call you can give us a call we've got um, you, you won't be after tw- able to give me a call after 12 because we um, we went out earlier this morning and we recorded an interview with Maeve Higgins who is um, um, is hilarious and a little bit naughty and um, she talked about her podcast and her live show that she's doing with John Ronson that we're going to get to see on Wednesday fingers crossed although it's very very tight whether we can make it um, but you can call in um, uh, here to take your calls if, you, if you've if you been to New York if you've got an experience good or bad with New York 0344 499 1000 the tipping thing guys I could do with some help with the tipping thing. I had a $69 uh, taxi ride um, and uh, you, you tip and I gave him $11. 80, does that sound about right? I don't... 
I don't know. I find it incredibly stressful, incredibly stressful. And yet this whole culture is based on giving the tip. Every time we go for a meal, um, <laughs> we've only been in two days, we've had quite a few meals already, um, and the bill comes and service charge is not included. What? And then you do the, I feel tight because I haven't got much change. I've only got 20s and 50s. So I kind of give them the money and, and, and then say, could I get some change back, please? And that makes me feel ridiculously mean. Oh, I don't know. I wish everywhere were more like Japan in as much as you just don't tip. If you, t if you leave money, they consider it an insult. Even in their cabs, you just don't tip. Uh, dear listener, listen, the shows this week, they're going to be a little bit different. I hope you enjoy them. I think you will. We're really doing our best to pack them with as many different voices and noises and sounds and accents as we can. Um, it's going to be on Monday to Friday, uh, the, the same time as usual, 10 o'clock at night until 1 o'clock in the morning. And I, I appreciate your patience with us. Um, you are listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Um, stay tuned, dear listener, because we've got a guest coming up that loads of you said, oh, if you're going to New York, you've got to meet these people. You've got to go and listen to their podcast. It's brilliant. So, so stay tuned for that. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAV. Take a far-out trip into the twilight zone of Late Night Radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hello, dear listener, live from New York City. Um, I'm getting confused because I've got watches and clocks on different times. Right, so it's, it's just gone 6 o'clock in the evening. It's 11 o'clock at night over there. All I do know is it's bloody hot. Even at this time of the evening, it is blooming hot. And it's like a conveyor belt of guests this evening. Um, when I said that Kath and I were going to come to New York, we went online, we went on Twitter in the usual and said, um, any suggestions, any ideas for guests, podcasts, anything like that? And we had three podcasts that you guys recommended. One was Maven America, and we're going to speak to Maven a bit. You're going to hear that. Uh, one was Beautiful Anonymous, and um, they ignored our emails. Another one, and they didn't, well, they ignored some emails, and they replied to some emails. The emails ratio was very hit and miss. Um, but it was the Bowery Boys, and I, I'd be honest, I hadn't heard it, I hadn't heard of them. Um, I went and downloaded uh, a handful of them, and I was, I was hooked. They were brilliant. Uh, it's Greg Young and Tom, how are we saying Tom? Hey there. Um, Tom Myers, Tom Myers. Hi, it's I'm good to meet you. It's, I'm, this is a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, my, so my, my podcast co-host, yeah. Tom Myers, yeah. sends his regards. He couldn't, he couldn't join us. How Sorry. Rude. How well, rude. he's the... Um, uh, you know, here's here's the dirty little secret. He now he now, and his he and his partner uh, live in New Jersey, so okay. they couldn't oh. he didn't come in. He couldn't come in today. But okay. I but I you know I was around here. This is my is this, this is where my you, you, This is the East Village. We've discussed yeah, yeah. I mean, I I live in Brooklyn, but I mean, like when I tell you that like this is where I went out 
every weekend, yeah. like in uh, in the '90s and the, you know in the 2000s. So this is my. Do you not go out months. anymore now? You now oh, you know, you've well, reached an age. Uh, less frequently, but you know, I like to see what the youngsters are doing. <laughs> like, you check you know. in every once in a while, <laughs> see what they're getting up to, and you know, oh, now the drinks are thirty dollars. They used to be five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that um, kind of thing. I haven't had a drink or um, a cigarette or anything for about twelve years, and okay. um, yeah, I, 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 I very very occasionally go out with, with friends to bars and things and you buy a, a round of drinks and it's it, a round of drinks can cost you like 50 60 pounds that's insane uh, yeah 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 it's um you can leave your apartment and then come back 2 hours later and 200 dollars has flown yeah. out of your pockets yeah. you know um yeah that's a little concerning that's one of the sort of um, uh, things of living in new york city and especially during this period and with with things uh Everything's more expensive yeah. these days here, but I mean it's still, um, but it's still an amazing city, and the history is still, you know, at the forefront. So even though there's a bunch of like glass towers and expensive coffee shops, and yeah, and like you know, martinis that are forty dollars, <laughs> it's still a wonderful place to live. Uh, for those who don't know, and, and I, I have been telling my listeners to do their homework and to download episodes of the Bowery Boys. Um, it's a historical, and, and, and you know, hold on, guys, don't switch off when we say the word history. It, you, you tell the story of New York in each episode. Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So each episode focuses on a person, a place, mm. or an event in New York City history. And New York City history has 400 years, quite young compared to like Thank London, for instance. Indeed. Yes, um, but you know, still very significant. Uh, you know, New York is one of the most important cities in the world, yeah. and so much has come through here. So we have 230 episodes. We've been doing wow. it 10 years. Really? Yeah. I, how funny! We're speaking tomorrow. We're going to go and see um, Keith and the girl. I don't yeah, know if oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But they've been doing it for about ten years. They do it daily, so they're in the thousands. But ten years ago, that you were really ahead of the <laughs> curve, then, weren't you? It is uh, so. In fact, this week is our tenth year anniversary. Isn't, Isn't that really? funny? Congratulations! Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like you know, so we've had to, we've told the story, like you know, we've had we had a live event where we talked in depth about it. And the one thing I can't re- like, it's it's kind of like hard for me to grasp is like how did we find like the notion of doing a podcast yeah. you know is, is that lost in the mysteries of time now, <laughs> i mean I, I mean i know how we started it like i got a you know a macbook and um and podcasts were really like an apple thing an yeah, itunes thing yeah. and it was sort of a motivation to drive people to their itunes store that like oh we'll just create all this free content or we'll have other people create this free content that it can also be downloaded onto their ipods yes right? so um so that's part of it. I just I had gotten a Mac, and Tom and I go way back. He's one of my best friends. Um, we wanted to do a show. Um, I am a huge history buff. Tom comes from a travel background, like his uh, his travel. career. He does a uh, um, he has a, a website called uh, Eurocheapo, where it's like hotel bookings and everything. Right. Yeah, no, it's a when great. You say Euro, you mean you are a cheapo? Or no, oh, Euro European. Yeah, it's oh, all okay. European. <laughs> But it's, a, but it's a play. It's a play on words. Yes. He's a punster. Oh, one, yeah. Tom. Yes. So, um, yeah, we started 10 years ago. I mean, the world is so different yeah, because even for those first few years, no one really knew what to make of a podcast. Yeah. Every, I mean, in, in fact, 
we, you know, we we managed to do it for many years, thinking, oh well, maybe this will get us a job in radio. Or that maybe was this why will get a lot of people yeah. started it, wasn't it? This oh, this will will end up with radio. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but then the, the two things have kind of gone off in separate directions. Yeah, things changed about five years ago. Kind of a mix of things, like. First of all, there was a show called Serial. Yes. Um, which yeah. kind of changed the game. Yeah. Like, it all of a sudden, it kind of like, it popped up into the mainstream. Like Huge people, production values on that. Yeah. Really yeah. And, slick. And it, and it was done in a way that was very gripping and like, yeah. uh, you know, it was a did he do it, did he not do it type of thing. So it was very, very popular. Then you have a lot of um, media outlets, mm. like newspapers, magazines, uh, uh, places like that. That, you know, their bottom line, they're losing money. Mm. So, you know, one way to kind of adapt to the new world is to dip into podcasts. And Mm. so a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to um, are actually based on, like, websites like Slate, New York Times, The New Yorker. They all have podcasts, too. So when they all got into the game... They were all late to the game because mm. the people like us, a bunch of independent producers, were already doing it. Would you say you're a geek? It. And I mean that in a nice way. I consider myself 100%. So you were, you were kind of a tech savvy. You were on the, the web early and all of that kind of stuff. I'm 100% a geek. I wouldn't necessarily call myself tech savvy. Right, okay. I, ac- I accidentally stumbled into yeah. um, a tech career. Yeah. But, um, you know, don't ask me to code anything, <laughs> but um, that's more of Tom's forte. But anyway, uh, yeah, so 10, yeah, 10 years. And the funny thing is, is that going back to what our show is about. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I asked that <laughs> about 15 minutes ago. I well, remember I, now. I, I tend to be someone who goes off on tangents. Oh, so we may yes. have a few tangents here. Um, you know, when we started the show, it was like, here's an episode on Grand Central, yeah. and here's an episode on Washington Square Park. And, uh, you know, people asked us, you know, like two or three years in, like, are you going to run out of subjects? What happened is actually we have more subjects than ever yeah. now, because when you peel back a layer, there's ten more there. Yeah. And we can talk about uh, something in a certain perspective. And then a year later, I'll have a completely different perspective on that. And then this, I'll realize, well, you know what the story is about? Let me turn that story upside mm. down. It's a completely different story. And, and it, is, it really is the history of New York. And you deal with, uh, with, with everything. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of deaths in there. There's uh, a lot of, you know, there's corruption. And there's, yeah. How do you pick the stories? Do, do, you, do you kind of sit around and toss ideas around? Or does one of you come it's, in and go, I've got it. I know what we're doing this way. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a certain element of... Um, roulette wheel randomness because we don't want to do anything like we don't want to have like eight shows in a row that are chronological yeah because right at this point our listeners they're into so many different things um that you know if we do something that is like the gilded age then the next one needs to be something that's super old new york like british era new york or like new york in the 1970s yeah like we try to switch up and down also, um, so that kind of defines it. It's, yeah. it's each show is sort of a contrast or to what we just did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have like a spreadsheet of like 250 shows, and some sometimes like something will happen like in the world, and a subject will just become yeah, apparent that we need to do that. You know, um, you know, for instance, and a lot of times there's also anniversaries that come up like. Um, we recently had a show on 
the Hindenburg. Wow. So the Hindenburg, you know, was the big Zeppelin. Yeah, of course. That, that was going to be the future. Oh, yeah. And so the future came cr- cr- literally crashing down yeah. 80, 80 years ago, 90, sorry, 80 years ago, yeah. 80 years ago. Um, and so we did a show that was sort of about based on the anniversary. Now, people don't celebrate the anniversary, 80th anniversary, but that's just one way that we sort of like slot our schedule. So, um, but yeah, it also depends on like, so the last show that we just did, the one I just put up, which is about um, like 19th century black and African-American communities in yeah. New York. Well, I mean, that was very serious. Yeah. So our next, you know, in a couple shows, we're going to have more of a frivolous show. Okay. So it's also, it's a tone, it's tonal too. We don't want to do too many serious shows. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. G- g- tell you what, why are we taking a quick break? Where's the, where, give us the, where, is there a website? Where's the best place to go? And we'll mention this a couple of times. Boweryboyshistory.com is our website. You can start Boweryboyshistory.com. there. Yeah, and then that'll like... That'll send you off into directions of where you find yeah. the podcast, it's, but it's anywhere you can it's on, it, it, Exactly. It's on iTunes, of course. I know a lot, because we do our podcasts on our iTunes. I don't like iTunes. What about Android? It'll be the usual places that uh, you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The we are voice. literally everywhere you can get podcasts, with a couple exceptions, but we won't mention those. <laughs> We don't. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I've got Greg Young, half of the Bowery Boys, the half that could be bothered to turn up, dear listener. Uh, we don't hey. speak about Tom. Yes. Um, uh, you're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee. On air and off the On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hello, dear listener. This is Ian Lee, live from New York City. We are being made to feel very welcome by Jeffrey. He runs uh, Pie by the Pound. Why do you call pizza pie? A pie, to me, has a, a, a pastry lid on oh, the top. Oh, sure. It's a, it, it, I think, don't quote me, I'm but I quote think you. it comes from the, like, the original pizza. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, pizza was really invented in, in Italy, but, like, New Yorkers pride themselves on really creating the quote-unquote pizza that you know and love. Yeah. And was created uh, in today's area of, of um, Little Italy. Um, it's a place called Lombardi's. But they called it pizza. They called it pie because um, that was the word that everyone knew back a 100 years ago. They didn't know the word pizza. So it was like the pies. And people would, they would make them out of the store. And back then it wasn't like a restaurant yeah. like you would know it today. Um, they would make the pies interestingly enough like in the morning work workers would come by and just sort of grab a pie and like just put it in their bag or whatever and they would eat it at lunch yeah um so yeah i think it's it's just a, it's now it's it's now almost like a, a term of fondness yeah. to call it a pie it has a sort of old new york kind of thing to it but i actually think it's because the word pizza is very italian yeah and a pie people can like visualize what a pie is so yeah. this is a round object that's delicious so like a pie <laughs> we're here with greg young who's half of um, the bowery boys i'm gonna be honest my favorite half and i, I, I <laughs> be, be, before tom didn't turn up i kind of I, listen to I thought, oh, oh well, thank you thank do, you do you know thank what you. i'm thinking kath Greg's the man I want to be. be- I tell you why, because <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like to think I have a big, broad, general knowledge, okay? But um, quite often, if I don't know something, and maybe you do this, yeah. I'll just make it up. 
and I'll <laughs> say it with such confidence that everyone around me will believe it. And very occasionally, a few weeks later, someone will say, I googled that thing you said in terms of... <laughs> It's oh, completely not true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you, I, I, you, you know everything. <laughs> well, I try not to do that. And I feel like we're now in a world where we're all virtually telepathic yep. because we have phones yes. and we have that have Wikipedia and, yeah. and other sources. Yeah. So, like, if you're out, so for instance, if I'm like at a bar with friends, and we're like, "What's the name of that movie?" You used to just yeah. like leave it hanging, and then like a week later, someone would be like, "Oh, that was an Al Pacino movie. It came out this year." Now. I'm like, if we, if you have a, a hanging question like that, I'm like, no, we have to stop. We have to answer this. Yeah. I can't have this piece of information. Because then what happens is then that's when you associate misinformation. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm sh- I think the name of the movie was this. And so then you just go so, on. So will you, will you Google it then? Will you be the person that says, stop, I'm getting my phone out, and you'll go on Google and have a look? Yeah, I mean, if it's something that's like, you know... I mean, if it's something I don't know definitively, if it's something I know tentatively, someone else will be like, well, Greg, that doesn't sound too confident. Let me... Come on, I'm not right all Are the time. Are you the most annoying person to go out? I, I would love to go out for dinner no, with you. Though. That's I, an invitation. I, but, but what do your friends think? I don't think so. But you know what? I mean, it was very, for many, many years, it was very hard to go on a date with me. Really? Because we would go on a re- to a restaurant and we'd be sitting down and like, and I would be like, do you know that a mobster was murdered at that table? I mean, talk about that ending a date. Talk about ending a day. But the, um, uh, look, that is a skill which now I reel in a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um, it's very good at parties. We try, I'm trying, we're on the radio show, and I'm trying to do this in real life. I'm trying to not Google stuff. If it's like oh, a yeah, question, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to wrap my brain and work it out. And we were, when we were fly, waiting for, to get aboard our plane yesterday, and we were talking about the um, um, Batman, the recent Batman movies, not Batman versus the, the uh, uh, Christian Bale. Yes, uh-huh. And I was going, Kath was going, oh, I've never seen them. Who else is in it? And I said, well, that British actor's in it. <laughs> who? I said, the British actor, he, play, he, he used to play, you know, crazy people. He was a... He, he used to hang around with Tim Roth. Yeah, what you said was, not Tim Roth, but like Tim Roth. And in my, oh, in no. my head, I could see it. Not Tim Roth, but like Tim Roth. There's and, still a dozen people that could yes, possibly fill that slot. But then I narrowed it down by saying he was in, um, what did I say he was in? The Firm or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You said that. And I was heading towards it. I went, oh, you mean like the Dracula guy? And then a guy from like two people along in the departure lounge <laughs> jumped in. It's Gary Oldman. It's Gary Oldman. Oh, oh yeah. He was obviously getting bored with us. It's Gary Oldman. I went, okay, mate, thanks very much. No, no one likes a smart ass for crying out loud. Um, New York is, is, is amazing and it's wonderful and, and it's, it's weird because you've got yeah. these amazing steel and glass brand new buildings mm-hmm. and then sandwiched in between it will be these old churches or these yeah. wonderful kind of gothic looking buildings. Um, Which I think is yeah. unique. I've not seen that. Even in London, you don't get that, you know, that right next to each other like that. Well, and this is, I mean, a phenomenon that's like most intense here in Manhattan. I yeah. mean, you'll get it. You'll get it in the Bronx and, and Brooklyn and other places. But New York, what makes it interesting is it is a constantly changing city, yeah. and it is a limited area of land. Mm. And you know, like two hundred years ago, they were like, we have plenty of land. And then about a hundred years, we'll never run out of land. And uh, then a hundred years ago, they did, but luckily, 
the invention of the skyscraper yeah. said, well, we don't have to just like live on this one vertical level, horizontal level. We can live up now. So, um, but what's, what happened is that that kind of change can eradicate the city's history. Yeah. And, you know, New York, although a newbie compared to London, is still like one of, you know, one of the oldest uh, cities in the United States. And there was, about mid-century, this casual disregard for a lot of history. I mean, a lot of classic buildings were yeah. destroyed. And so it was around the 60s, although there's examples of people saving things, like individual things, isolated cases. It was in the 60s that, like, landmark preservation and this sort of, like, thinking really took hold. Yeah. And because it just seemed like everything was being wiped out, like, left and right. So that's why you will walk down a street and you'll see like buildings from nine different eras yeah. like stacked right next to each other. And also, thanks to landmark preservations, uh, places like that, uh, organizations like that, you have whole neighborhoods that are just preserved. I mean, there is... Have you guys been down to the West Village? No, yeah, okay. not yet, no. Well, you... It's it's glorious. I mean, the whole place is absolutely like trapped in time, yeah. and you just get lost. Every street is just breathtaking, and um, it's almost exactly what it looked like a hundred years ago. Except, of course, the storefronts are Starbucks now, yeah, yeah. as opposed to you know something else. Um, so yeah, I mean that is one thing that I find really beautiful about New York City because all of these different eras sort of talk to each other yeah. Yeah. a little bit and sometimes you'll walk down a block and all the buildings will sort of like work together and then sometimes you'll be like oh well, they just completely disregarded this church that was sitting right here uh, you'll, you'll find no better example of that than the financial district yeah. of New York City which is the, the, the original settlement of New York and all the streets were really really narrow yeah um, because they were old Dutch and old British roads. And so those are still, like, the, tr the paths of those are still there, but they were very narrow because it was all just horses, you know, back then. It wasn't cars. And they have expanded them a little bit, but you'll have these ca canyons mm -hmm. of just um, darkening skyscrapers. And then, poof, they'll be like... Francis Tavern, where George, where George Washington gave his farewell address from the Continental wow. Army, you yeah. know, because that's like where the oldest part of the history is, but it's also the part that has changed the most. So. We had, to, by the way, this is Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We're here with Greg Young, half of the Bowery Boys. It, it, it's noisy because we're in a, in a restaurant. We've been really lucky to be invited to be here, um, and, uh, you know, I hope you're enjoying the atmosphere. <laughs> um, we had, um, I've been to New York loads of times, and there's one place I've never been. Um, there was loads of places I've never been, but there's one that we kind of made a point of going to yesterday, and it was a really weird pilgrimage, and it's 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 kind of modern history. We went to the Dakota Building. Where, oh yeah, where mm -hmm. John Lennon, of course, was shot. Yeah, and uh, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I'm a, more of a monkeys fan. I think you guys got it right <laughs> manufacturing it. Unfortunately, we don't have too many monkeys uh, uh, iconic the, spots. The Brill Building. We, oh, we Brill went Building. to the Brill oh, Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a awesome. believer. Was written there, but no. So we and we went to cause, uh, only because. We were, go we were going to Central Park, and I said, oh, the Dakota's up there, and I've never been. Let let's go and see if we can find it. It was a bit further than I thought, and we went. And as soon as we saw it, you know, I've seen it in books and in documentaries and in newspapers, and it was... 
it was a strange vibe. That is a very dark building. I mean, it, oh yeah, it, it, it's, it's a gothic quality to it, doesn't it's it? It's stunning and, and very. And, and we had our pictures taken. That we kind of discussed. Well, should we get our pictures taken at the site of where a man was murdered? And then I said, I know yeah. what we'll do. <laughs> Let, let's say we're getting our pictures taken outside the location for Rosemary's Baby. If, yeah, if we yeah, do yeah. that, that makes it a little bit more appropriate. But that's can, some yeah. building. You can also say, I mean, Lauren Bacall lived there for like forty years. You could just say you're a big Lauren Bacall. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. avenues into it and plus it's just a gorgeous building you know new york we stole a lot of architectural ideas from across the pond yeah. and i feel like that building has um a lot of it's in gothic style and, I, and, and I'd, I'd never you know i've seen it in pictures never studied it closely and we just stood there looking at the the giant gas lamps the the kind of gargoyles the the windows is yeah. that is that build that building's unique isn't it oh yeah actually and i think I, I let me fact check myself i think actually the style is it's a german style which i guess kind of would make sense because yeah. it's like kind of creepy that's <laughs> german architecture yeah, it's like german is like trust me um, no, no, yeah, it's very grim and very foreboding yeah and so here's the interesting thing about the dakota is that it was built before for any other building up there. So really? for for about a decade, it was the only thing. Wow. It was a, it was a true pioneer. There was a an urban myth which I'm not quite sure is true that it was named the Dakota because it was so far north that it was like, you know, like right. the Dakotas in the United States. I think it was just more that the architect and the the man who built the building had some affection for like the Native American, yeah. so I think that's what it is. But um, there are some absolutely striking pictures of uh, Central Park, people like skating in Central Park, the Dakota, and nothing, nothing else. Nothing else. Like, literally nothing. Wow. The, the blocks would still be like shanties. Yeah. You know, like, uh, they hadn't really and been who really lived developed. there then? Who, what kind of people were living well, there? Well, so this was right around the time that apartment living like like before the 1870s like no one like no one lived in apartments apartments really the idea of an apartment is really a kind of a middle class thing yeah. and and America's middle class really starts developing around there there's also this turn away from you know families having huge townhouses with staffs you know yeah uh, but now they could go to these trendy new apartment buildings and they could still have like a staff yeah. and you know like lovely appointed you know 20 rooms in your apartment um, but so when it was opened the people who moved in were kind of vanguards mm. like they were wealthy people but they were kind of like edgy alternative people who moved there like for you know for whatever reason they don't they didn't want to like live in a big house anymore mm. and you know i mean like I'm, like I'm serious like i think every apartment was like 15 rooms i mean like they <laughs> cut that thing wow, up severely yeah. i mean i'm sure there's actually some apartments there that are that big but um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was the, the harbinger of a big change that happened yeah. in New York City. And around the same time, you had, like, the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah, of course. Um, which was also an apartment building when it first opened. Yeah. Um, but this was a famous hangout for in the 60s for kind oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. druggies and, and musicians. Andy Warhol, it's worth, you know, it's Sid Vicious, famously... Sid and Nancy, yeah, famously. Course, yeah. um, it is. Um, 
It's incredible. It's, it, this is like a total New York story because it's being renovated to be like fancy condos we now. We saw so. this. Yeah, we saw this. But it's like if you can if you can get an opportunity to walk by. I mean, it's, there's scaffolding in front of it, so you can't see how gorgeous it is. But it has like a certain quality that's a little bit similar to the Dakota. Yeah. The Dakotas, I mean, they're different architectural styles, but just this uh, these huge facing like broad buildings that are like solid chunks of building no you know not glass these are like these are brick and mortar yeah, buildings yeah. you know um, so yeah that's the people who would move up there in the middle of nowhere yeah. but, and with you know but they all had carriages guess how you got to the Dakota you had your horse and carriage because yeah. it was well before cars so they had like you know you still had some wealth I'm actually developing a crush on you, honestly. <laughs> and Kath will know that my tongue is nowhere near my cheek because this is the kind of stuff that I, I oh. love it. I love the fact I just name a building and we get, we get a monologue on it, honestly. <laughs> Greg, Greg, are you okay for another 10 minutes? Can you stick around for another 10 minutes? Just 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, listen, we've got Greg Young here, uh, who's half of the Bowery Boys. Uh, it, it, there's nothing he doesn't know about New York. Or is there? Maybe we can catch there him are some. Oh, no, no, no. There are some corridors that are still quite dark for me. Okay, so. well, uh, you listen. Uh, 0344-499-1000. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Good evening, dear listener. What is it? It's half eleven where you are. It's half past six where we are. It is uh, time travel, if ever there was. Look, it's, it's getting a little bit darker now. Uh, we are in New York City. Uh, we are in Pie by the Pound, uh, where we have uh, stuffed our faces with pounds and pounds of pizza pie. It's a pizza pie floating in the sky. That is a more dear listener. <laughs> Don't you listen to anybody who says it isn't. Um, all this week, we are meeting some really interesting people. We've got John Ronson coming on. We've got Imani Coppola. We've got Breakfast Breakfast with Steve Gutenberg. I can't tomorrow. even... I am jealous of that. Oh, my, man. My, uh, my kid... Ver- the teenage version of myself in the past was like a huge fan of Steve Gutenberg and all of his weird movies yeah. that he made. In the, he seemed to be in everything in the 80s. What was it? Well, I, I made a terrible mistake once of me and some friends. Um, uh, uh, we, we could have done worse things. Well, maybe not much worse. We watched all seven Police Academy movies in a day. That is like taking Yikes. a load of acid. Because <laughs> by the end of it, the... the the sixth one is actually quite good, but the last one just doesn't make any sense. It's and it, it's just gibberish. I just can't believe that they would age well at all. But <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Well, the first one's quite racist. Yeah, that's that, what I'm thinking. In the eighties. <laughs> Racist way, and when, uh, quite often when it would get shown on British television, they cut the racist bits out. You know, but um, but VHS videos—they do not lie. They <laughs> they've got it all, and we're sat there going, "Oh my God!" He, they just—it's it's full of the N word. I mean, they're banding. Even the argument—it was a different time. You kind of think. Yeah, really. If you want a if if you want a movie that's going to like kind of freak you out by yeah. how weirdly like you, you're like how did this get made? Go see the Richard Pryor movie The Toy. Oh, okay. I've not <laughs> seen that for a long long time. Is it outrageous? It's it is so outrageous. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that like you couldn't in a, in a racial way. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean it's it's in, it's incredibly racist, but it also has like Richard Pryor in this role yeah. and like he had a certain view on like race yeah. and, and, and being able to mix it in comedy that works only for him yeah but the movie itself is just like it's horrendous i mean like the oh. concept is horrendous I, I remember kind of laughing as a kid yeah i mean um, I'm, I'm watching this <laughs> watch it as a sociological we, experiment we were talking do you remember the film in the 80s about 1985 soul man 
Oh, but that's another example. That's, and, and I remember this coming out, and I remember seeing the trailer. Uh, you know, maybe it's a bit earlier there, and and laughing. And, it, and we played the trailer on the radio a couple of months ago. It's about um, a, a poor, rich white kid mm-hmm. um, whose dad won't pay for him to go to college. But you can get a grant, but you can only get a grant uh, <laughs> if you are black. And so he, he does. He, he puts on the makeup. That is, uh, that is just it, and it, thank ridiculous. You, it is incredible. And this was a big move. You know, oh, it's yeah. at the eighty, oh, yeah. the seventy in the 80s and it's so people I don't know uh, uh, well I know there is actually because of your president now but for, for, for a few years in the UK you can open that you, 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 for a few years in the in the UK there's been a backlash against political correctness political yeah. correctness uh, let's get rid of and I know that Trump has kind of said let's get rid of political correctness let's speak what we really think well political correctness maybe it became a bit petty and a bit silly but its essence was to stop minority groups being bullied and abused you know that's kind of what it is Mm -hmm. it's to stop you using terms that people use in a derogatory slang obnoxious way whether it's it's your your sexuality or your gender or your race or you know whatever lifestyle you've you've chosen Mm -hmm. or has been thrust upon you but 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 that we want to get rid of political correctness and what what that generally is it's a load of racists want to be able to say send them back yeah 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 that's what they want it's interesting you bring this up because there's we're dealing with an interesting uh twist on the kind of political correctness on our on our next show. Oh, so on. every six months now, we have so many shows that what we're doing now is taking a super old show, kind of re-releasing it with like a, like with a recording a new beginning and an ending. Right. Um, so our next show is going to be on Stonewall. The Stonewall okay, Riots. Yeah, yeah. So when we recorded that in 2008, okay, history so the show is about the, the Stonewall riots itself and sort of the birth of the gay movement. So much has happened with the idea of what Stonewall is in those nine years. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's a, it's a park service. It's a, it's a mo- national monument. Obama mentioned Stonewall in his second inaugural address, which is, you know, unprecedented. Yeah. And now you have, like, gay marriage in New York and everything. So in that nine years... Everything changed. Another thing that's really changed, um, which is fascinating, is um, of course like um, the rights and the concerns for people who are transgender. Yeah. In that show, we use like wording that at the time that was historically accurate. But now, nine years later, I'm like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with that with Isn't that phrase. That interesting. The it's nine speed years. Of yeah. the evolution of mm-hmm. language. Uh, I, I hesitated saying the word black because in England we say black, but yeah. in America is that's seen as a slightly well. No, well, here's the thing: is uh, so the show that I just did yeah. on uh, New York's uh, black communities, I because I was talking the 17th and 18th and 19th century. Um, you're not talking. You're talking people who like came over as enslaved people yeah. who are freed people and. You know, and they're from a multitude of different cultures. So, like, African American is the is like the sort of common phrase yeah. in, in which we used to uh, for that for that group. But the black makes more sense yeah. if you're talking about people who, like, in the early 19th century, who don't have any rights. Yeah, you know that they are being uh, even if they're a freed. Person, they're be, being prevented from basic things like voting, you know, so um, and just living a normal life. Yeah. 
So that was really interesting, and you know, for that kind of thing, also, um, I have a couple guests on the show right. to kind of like walk me through things. Yeah, and maybe like I myself feel a little bit like maybe I'm, maybe I'm not quite 100 percent sure how to negotiate through this. So I have I had a couple guests on who were really spectacular. I'm really proud of that. I show. I am aware that I am I'm, I'm 44 now. I was 44 last week. Man, I'm old, but I'm also aware that I am of a different time. That I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and you say you know language has changed um, uh, in the last nine years in, in yeah. certain respects, what, what is appropriate, what is inappropriate. Um, and I, I'm aware that sometimes my, you know, I do my best to, um, to, to, to speak fairly and, 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 you know, sometimes my language is old and it's clunky. Yeah. Uh, and I say things that are, come from a good intention, mm-hmm. but I'm using perhaps slightly inappropriate ter- terms because I am, you know, because I have not been educated to know the modern term that we now say. But the funny thing is, is we're we're calling this political correctness. Yeah. But every generation, things change like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in different degrees, like uh, you know how we talk about the words that we talk about people of color in the eighties were different than they were in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the twenties, and the same with women, and the same with gay people like you know the for instance like the if you were read a newspaper and if they mentioned gay people at all in the 50s and 60s they were using words that you would never yeah, use yeah. Oh, but, I've seen you it, know yeah. but things just things change the, this is not necessarily a modern phenomenon no. i think a lot of people frame it as political correctness but i think it's a it's a bigger thing that happens every generation when when did it become legal to be to be gay in New York or America in general, because we, we've had uh, we had Peter Tatchell on uh, well, a few months ago now. He's a, he's a human rights campaigner. I say it covers everything, um, and it, you know it was it was illegal to be gay. Well, I think it was yeah, it was it was very restrictive, 60s. very restrictive in in Great Britain. Yeah. but in uh, you didn't have it, you didn't have it that people it was illegal. Right, but basically anything that you wanted to do as a gay person was illegal. So the sexual act was illegal. Yeah, so the sexual act was illegal. The also like just to go to a bar, serving alcohol to a gay person was illegal. Whoa! Which is why, um, which is why the the Stonewall riots happened because um, because a lot of the gay bars were in the West Village in the fifties and sixties, and they were all mafia run. Yeah, because they were the only ones that were like. You know, because they could like really bilk gay people. Like, could have like talk about expensive drinks. They had expensive watered down drinks at these bars because it was the only be, place where they could they were going to go and get served. So yeah, they would pay these things. But they would could be extorted. I mean, there was a, a you know, and that's really sort of like at the heart of the Stonewall riots is because the the bar got shut down and they were going to throw some people in the paddy wagon. But but like at this particular moment, for just a variety of factors, people said no. Yeah, we're done with this. You know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, just the 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 story of gay New York is just one example yeah. of looking at the history of New York City and finding eight million layers. And mm-hmm. so one day, you know, one week we can do that layer, and the next week we can do, uh, you know, you know, eighteen nineties, you know, wealthy class yeah. or whatever. And then the next year, or the, I mean, the next week we can do, you know. 
New York in the British, you know, in the British era, New York during the Revolutionary mm. War. So there's just, just it's never there's so much material. Uh, we're going to take another break. If you're all right to stay until you like, you okay to stay for another fifteen sure. minutes or so? Because sure. I'm loving this. I've just remembered another film that doesn't stand the test of time. Yeah, Silver Streak. Richard Pryor oh, yeah. and um, Gene Wilder. And again, this was on TV all the time in Britain in the 70s and 80s. But talented icons are in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Material. And there's a scene where they have to go in disguise, so Gene Wilder puts, puts on boot polish and a raster hat, and he, to get into, into I mean, character, that's... he clicks his fingers and says, I'm the N-word. And it's... It's incredible. <laughs> it's, and it's Gene Wilder. By the way, have you ever read Gene Wilder's autobiography? No. Oh man, read it. It's the best book. The guy is. Oh yeah. The guy's. The the the, the first um the first page is him like a six year old. Ta- you talk about tangents. Uh-huh. Uh Is him as a six year old, and his mum almost dies of a heart condition. Yeah. But she doesn't, and the doctor says, as as he as as he's leaving. If you upset your mum, you'll kill her. Walks to a six-year-old boy, and that sums up his his whole his whole life is being obsessed with having oh the power God. to kill his mother. It's incredible. Things that happen when you're five or six yeah. are like will will affect your whole life. <laughs> yes. I have a few of those stories myself. I am. Well, I've got seven and five-year-olds, and so we just we just don't talk to them. I'm not going to talk don't. to them until oh ten. Oh my gosh, and that should be okay, shouldn't it? <laughs> Because you may say the wrong yeah. thing and will literally scar them for life. If we don't talk to them for like three or four years, they, they'll come out and then we can kind of embrace them and love them. And that, I think that will work. Yeah. Uh, we've got Greg Young here, half of the Bowery Boys. Uh, I tell you what, I know we've got a couple of calls lined up. Don't, don't call in because I'm enjoying this too much. Uh, this is Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Dear listener, this is uh, Ian Lee uh, live in New York City. Um, uh, it is as glamorous as it sounds. I was going to play it down. It's as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> we're in New York City live, uh, and it's, we're having a, the, the time of our lives. I'm not going to argue. We've got Greg Young, who's half of the Bowery Boys. It's a brilliant podcast that I found out because loads of you, when I said, we want to go to New York, we want to speak to some podcasters, but I don't listen to any podcasts from New York. Loads of you said, um, uh, the Bowery Boys, get the Bowery Boys on. They're, they're brilliant. Um, uh, only Greg could be bothered to turn up, but that's fine. <laughs> Fine, that's fine. When when Tom hears this back, maybe maybe it'll be the <laughs> intervention little he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To like you know to snap out of his haze that he's in. Um, we were talking earlier on about technology and how it lets you record something, you uh-huh. know, on a computer or whatever, and. People can listen all over the world. Were you aware that you had... I know, you know you see kind of the stats of what countries people are listening. Yeah. But were you aware that you had kind of a, a, an audience in the United Kingdom? And do you ever... T- do they ever email with you? Do they ever talk oh, to yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, uh, we just got a absolutely, like, kind and beautiful letter from... Um, uh, from someone in Wales, I think, and it was just like they're planning a trip, wow. and they just listened to all of our shows, and they're so excited they want to visit all of these different places wow. that we recorded. Hey, a Bowery Boys tour. Well, so yeah, we've look, we've talked about tours. The thing is, is that New York has an incredible network yeah. of tours companies already. So f- what we would bring into it specifically, we're still trying to kind of work out yeah. because we would bring our name and stuff and that would be cool. Um, also, there's this very, I mean, this is, you, you, 
it sounds like we could do a tour, but tour guides have a very particular set of skills that are, I think are very admirable. A lot of it has to do with social be- interaction and behavior That's and psychology that like I'm not quite up to speed at. Yeah. I think I'm a little, I'd be a, a slightly too impatient, you know? <laughs> um, I think that... So the, Can we move along now? But, <laughs> right, we're just going to leave him there. If he's not the wit, we're going. I this think is- the, tour, uh, the, uh, uh, the best tour guides have the patience of a saint. Yeah. Um, but you, but th- th- it's interesting you got that letter. First of all, a letter. Wow. I mean, who gets letters? We've got days? no. I mean, yeah. I mean, most of them are emails, yeah. but we have. Yeah, we've definitely gotten letters, um, like old-fashioned letters on, you know, on you parchment. No, <laughs> no the, not on parchment. Most of the, the very occasionally we get letters at the radio station, and and I, I, I received a birthday card from Alyssa the other day, but it was obviously a birthday card from a lunatic. I mean, <laughs> were there cut out, were cut letters from a magazine no, or something? <laughs> but, but every inch of space was used up writing this thing. Zero punctuation. Oh, okay. They don't encourage punctuation in, in, in the loony bin, um, and oh. it was it was just terrifying. <laughs> do, you, do you get any of those? Have you got any of those fans? No. Oh no no no. I mean, we are. I mean, almost all of our interactions with our fans is just is fantastic. I mean, you get people who have a certain like historical axe to grind or something that they'll or they'll like they think oh, you've I got wrote... something wrong well not, not so much that but like oh i wrote a 800 page book um about this one subject you should read it and they would send me the book and it's like well, i can't read it and meanwhile it's like yeah. i don't even know if that's it's not really like facts check it's just something that's anyway we yeah. get s- some of that sometime but mostly um I mean, our interactions are just extraordinary. I mean, it's it's that's great. It, it's it's hard to really wrap my head around it. Still, that so many people listen to me and yeah. Tom yeah. talk about <laughs> stuff, and people really like they develop relationships with they you. They do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what's really great. When we had a live, we had a live show about a couple uh, months ago that was really successful out in Gowanus, Brooklyn, and we had a question an answer thing at the end and this one woman just came up and she didn't have a question she was just like I just wanted to tell you that like, I feel like I'm your mother and I just want I just want to invite you over f- and make pasta for you no I mean it was super sweet it was oh, so okay. amazing yeah no it was so, she, no, it, she felt she felt an affection for you and, and a motherly yeah attitude. it was un, it was unbelievable um, funny but yeah, we have like we have listeners um, all over uh, all over the world. It is funny that we have a, a particular bigger fan base in Australia because you mentioned that. That is weird. <laughs> Why is that? Well, uh, a lot of Australians travel. Yep. and they come to New York. Uh, also, weirdly enough, um, a few years ago um, on their public radio station, they had a show called Top of the. Uh, Top of the Pods, I think it was, where they they just ran podcasts okay. on the radio, and they ran us for a year. So, wow. I mean, I can't imagine it was on like like at like an, a desirable point of the day, yeah. but like it must. Some people the must have listened to the show in <laughs> Sydney. Is the Bowery Boys? I think it was like on at like four p.m. on a Tuesday, and then at like two a.m. and then like that's seven a.m. or something. Wow. Anyway, but like, yeah, I think that's so. It's but that's really amazing. We have listeners in like all fifty states too, and um, you know, and that's really great. I mean, yeah, again, like when people are planning their vacations, they often yeah. will email us and be like, you know. 
they'll ask for advice. Well, I was going to ask you. You know, I don't want to. I'm going to say it again. We're having breakfast with Steve Gutenberg, uh, <laughs> movie star. Um, where where should we go to? Where, give us give us a place in New York that is is a, is a well kept secret and has got has got a story behind it. That mm. we, can, we can we can wallow in the history of this place, and it can be dirty and dark, or it can be light and fluffy. Wow. Well, hmm. Okay. So. I w- would say that this is a it's a little bit out of the way, and it's in Upper Manhattan. Yeah. Um, the home of Alexander Hamilton. Okay. Called Hamilton Grange. I'm in. Um, it's a it's a beautiful old. It, it was it was built. I think it was built like I mean it's just built a couple years before he was killed by our vice president, <laughs> Aaron Burr. But um, what's interesting about it. It's, I mean, it's a it's a nice little house. You learn a lot of history, and it's in a park. Yeah. Um, the house has the actual house has moved like two or three times because the land has changed. When Alexander Hamilton built this home, he owned the whole area. Yeah. The neighborhood actually is called Hamilton Heights because it's named for this area that he this farm that he this estate that he had. Yeah. But the city has changed, so the house got kind of literally picked up and moved. But so, they, I, I thought, hang on a minute, I thought you mean the boundary had moved. They picked up the house yes. and shifted it. So four oh, or five years ago, so the house for the longest time was like literally crushed between like these like apartment buildings and like a church. Yeah. I mean it was like it was ridiculous. It just looked like a like an overstuffed bookshelf. Yeah. So four or five years ago they did this marvelous thing where they literally it was like it was like a getting a slice of cake. They took it and they raised it up and then it took them like I think it took them like over a year, maybe even longer, the uh, to move it two blocks because it's a whole house so i that's just one thing because i'm a big uh, hamilton buff yeah. also but to see the house that's incredible be like man. oh it literally didn't sit here i mean it's like this it's a historic landmark but it didn't sit here yeah for like five years ago so th- that i mean just in terms of just breathtaking touristy things but i actually don't think are like in the top five things that people do yeah Go to um, the promenade. Go to the Brooklyn Promenade. Okay. Um, which is uh, on the on the Brooklyn side in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Brooklyn Heights is the oldest neighborhood in Brooklyn. It is absolutely amazing. It's so beautiful. Wander around there. It's kind of like the West Village, but older, yeah. and you don't get it as lost. But then they have this promenade that actually is like over a highway, but you can't see the highway. That just offers the most luxurious views of, wow. of New York City. You should totally do that. And I would. And then one final thing, because if you're going to be in Brooklyn, um, go down to this neighborhood called Dumbo. 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 This, it's a. It's a down under the Manhattan Bridge. But because that's spelled out D-U-M-B, <laughs> they decide they added an O overpass. Okay, there we go. So it was an industrial uh, area for many, many, many years. The city has done a bang-up job with um, renovating it and creating this like waterfront that's totally beautiful. Yeah. There's a brand new Brooklyn Historical Society Museum that just opened. Oh, wow. That is down there. It is just, I mean, it's, just, it's gorgeous. And it's it's really not, it's a lot of New Yorkers. This is where New Yorkers go. It's not, Fantastic. It's not. I, I, don't, I don't think it's really been discovered by tourists yet. Hey, Greg, we're out of time, man. Oh, okay. We're out of time. <laughs> Honestly, this is, I, 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 I 
you're never going to get rid of me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, honestly, got, I, this is fantastic. Let, let's give the plugs. The, the, the pod, Greg Young, uh, the podcast, of course, is The Bowery Boys. You can get it on iTunes and all your usual podcast yeah, providers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, where's the website if, to send people? BoweryBoysHistory.com. BoweryBoysHistory.com. And, yeah, we're on... You know, all the we're on all the yeah. things: Facebook, Instagram. What I'm going to do, guys, as well, is tonight when I get back to the hotel, I'm going to I'm going to tweet all the links, and uh, uh, towards the end of the week, I'm going to write a blog with all of the the shows that we've had and where you should go to, to find all these people and stuff. Uh, Greg, honestly, man, uh, it's been such a thrill. Thank no, you. No, this so, is so great. Much. We'll have a wonderful time in New York. I mean, you've like like run around, go all over the place. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, just. Uh, take some risks Thank it's, you, a, we, it's a safe city people are friendly this is the thing we've only got 30 but everyone is, has been so nice everyone has just, been incredible just don't talk to people on the subway okay. every, every, but on the street yeah people will be nice if you ask for directions Greg thank you so. very much mate so thank nice you uh, dear listener apologies to Paul and Alan I know we had a few other callers and I was touting for calls but we just kind of got caught up with things so I apologize uh, 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 Ed if you could make a list of those people that called up and uh, the top of the show tomorrow we shall call them first thing whether they want to be called or not we'll get them on um, now uh, stay tuned don't call now because you can't call for the last hour of the show um, another podcast that was mentioned to us was oh by the way tomorrow Keith and the girl follow me on Twitter Keith and the girl but another podcast that was mentioned to us by you was um, a Maeve in America Maeve Higgins now I was kind of vaguely aware of Maeve because she does shows in Brooklyn with John Ronson at Union Church, Union Hall, Union Hall. I always want to say Union Chapel, but that's in London. Um, and we're hopefully going to go and see that um, uh, Wednesday night. That's that's the plan if we can if we can make it work. So I was kind of aware of her, um, but I'd never listened to the podcast, and it was it's brilliant. Again, it's one of those things. It's for me a good show, a good radio show, a good podcast, uh, a good TV show um, is about stories and. Uh, her show is is packed full of stories. That's why the Bowery Boys is so good. It's stories. You know, it's a really good story. That's why this show, when it works well, it's when you're sharing your stories. Um, and it, again, it sounds a little bit worthy. It's about immigrants and immigration, but um, it, it's funny. It's stupid. It's sad. It's uh, there is a human element in there that we don't often hear when we talk about immigrants and people going from one country to another. You know, there are real stories, um, and we got to meet her this morning. We had breakfast with her, a lot of breakfast dates, um, and after the news at uh, midnight, you're going to hear us talking to Maeve Higgins. Talk radio. Uh, so what you're going to hear is um, uh, me and Catherine hanging out with the fantastic Maeve Higgins this morning in Brooklyn. I hope you enjoy it. Um, uh, she was such a delight and so funny, and her podcast is just wonderful. This is Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. It's ten to eight on Monday morning, day one proper. Um and it's boiling. We've arrived in New York. We're just leaving the hotel. Um, we've arrived in New York in the middle of a heat wave. It is going to get close to 100 degrees old money. What's that in new money? Like 12 or something? Today. And um, because we're out all day, me and Kath are carrying, well, 
I am carrying the heaviest bags because I'm having to carry the whole studio. Kath, you seem to have, you're just bringing like a, a clutch bag. What are you talking about? This is just um, strategically packed. This has got everything in it. You know, like Mary Poppins' bag? It's this, so it's actually It's quite true. Heavy. Her gas bag is full of extension leads. How glamorous. Anyway, um, so it's day one proper. Yesterday didn't count at all. It seems a blur. We are off to uh, a place called Dizzy's to meet Maeve Higgins, who does the brilliant... If we go on this corner and see if we can get a cab, who does the brilliant um, Maeve in America podcast. She also does a live show with John Ronson, which we're hoping to catch on... Um, is that Now, that's Wednesday, isn't it? I'm thinking Thursday, but I've got it all written down. I think it's Wednesday. I think Imani Coppola is potentially Thursday. Oh, we just missed a cab. I'm not very good. Here we go. Come on, me. Come on, me. I'm not very good at hailing cabs. Taxi! Thank you. Good morning, good morning, taxi. Catherine, you get in that side. I'm going to get in this side. We are packed. Oh, full of stuff. Right. Good morning, sir. It's hot, isn't it? We are going to Dizzy's on 511 9th Street, please. 9th Street. 511 9th Street, please. In Brooklyn, it says. Is that okay? Yeah, you see 511 9th Street, right? Yeah, 511 9th Street is the address we have. Does that make sense? Perfect, thank you. I don't understand the streets. I think it's because it's Brooklyn, right? Oh man, we're in New York City. Well, um, we have crossed over the Brooklyn Bridge. We are in Brooklyn, and Catherine is going to reel off a name, a list of names of famous people that were born here. Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Phil Silvers, Neil Simon. You don't know who Neil Simon is, so don't say it like that. Because when we we just talked about this when I wasn't recording, you went, "It said Neil Simon, but that can't be right, can it?" I have no idea what you're talking about. Neil Simon wrote many, many Broadway um, shows. Uh, many, 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 too many movies to mention. Mention one. This, to be, this, this isn't. You don't know either. No, I, well, I, I know. Okay, I can't name any Neil Simon. And the thing is, there'll be people listening to this going, "Oh, come on, he did this. He's done some really famous stuff that's part of the um, popular cultural psyche." But um, at least I know who he was. You thought it was confusing Neil Diamond with Paul Simon. Well, Neil Diamond also is from Brooklyn. And then you reckon you have a list of other people who were probably well, born in Brooklyn. Paul Simon, Arthur Garfunkel, Barbara Streisand. Are you sure? I am... I... Well, listen, listen... Are you basing this entirely on the fact that they talk like that? They talk like that. Um, listen, if we, we are the mainstream media... If we say something's true, it's true. Barbara Streisand was born in Brooklyn in 1943, June the 13th, just four days after my birthday, but several years before. That is almost definitely fake news. We're there. Oh, these bags. Thank you. There we go, dizzies. Um, is uh, dizzies open? That's the question. This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It is the clearest sky, superb weather, and um, I need coffee, Kath. I can't, I can't hang around 
recording and filming. I need coffee. Please be open. Please be open. Please be open. Please be open. We're open. We're going in. Maeve Higgins has joined us. Hello, Maeve. Hi. Hi. Good to see you, Ian. <laughs> it's weird seeing you because yeah. we've been listening to your podcast, Maeve in America, a lot. Um, we, when we um, um, realised we were going to come to New York, I kind of said to my listeners, right, we want to meet people, creative people. Can you recommend some podcasts? And uh, we had about half a dozen said, oh, you've got to get Maeve on. Maeve in America is brilliant. Um, and it is brilliant. Oh, <laughs> it is brilliant. How did you well, t- tell for those who haven't heard it? Um, and you can get it on iTunes and all the usual places. And we'll plug websites and stuff. Um, what is it? What, how did you come up with it? Well, it's um, a podcast about immigration, but it's funny. Yeah. So I moved here. I'm a comedian, and I moved here three years ago. And I was kind of always like drawn to other immigrants. And you can hear from my accent, like I moved from, I'm German. <laughs> so I, I could see you by your face, you were like, she's going to make a joke. Um, sometimes I pretend I'm Texan, like I'm from Texas. And do, I, do, do Americans get it to an Irish accent? Because I've had um, uh, that I'm from Manchester or Liverpool. I've had Australian a few times as well when I've been in the oh, States. Really? Yeah. Um, no, people are usually, they usually think I'm English or Irish. Okay. Yeah. And that's fine, you know, I say like, sure (laughs) like I don't care um but I think that like oh yeah so I started to talk to all these other immigrants and realize like how different my story is to theirs because like I was able to get this visa this like oh one visa alien of extraordinary ability extraordinary (laughs) ability that sounds like like a superhero sounds filthy (laughs) (laughs) but um it's actually like I guess it's maybe the one you would qualify for too like you have to say like only it's an artist visa so like there's another version the O1B which I think is for like athletes but like when I'm going through like an airport you know when I'm going through the customs and border in uh, they're never like which athlete are you <laughs> like they're always like okay are you a writer <laughs> I'm like folded over like yes I'm a writer <laughs> um, so yeah you have to prove that you can do something that nobody else can do so, so what like, can you do and well, I yeah. no, no one else can do well here's the crux of it like I, I can I had friends who work you know they do like voices in Bob's Burgers and they wrote to the government for me and they said she's awesome she's the only one of her kind like we love her so you need to get like 12 letters from fancy people uh, saying that you're only you can do what you do so I guess only I can do my version of comedy only I can do you know, um, my intensely erotic table dancing yes. that I do. Yes. <laughs> so the podcast, because because um, you say it's about immigration, and and there is a little bit of me that went, oh, this is going to be very worthy and and dry. And it's, I mean, it, it's not. It's really, really. There's some really touching moments, but there's some laugh out loud, silly moments as well. It's brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was the fear and that was like I think that's the danger when you talk about immigration especially today in yeah. America where um, it's a very uh, it, like immigrants are maligned and so people are either like anti-immigrant or pro-immigrant and there's a lot of earnestness on both sides and um, I think that what I wanted to do was to make it really human and really I think being human means sometimes being sad sometimes being funny sometimes being silly like all those things yeah. Um, so each episode, I talk to a different immigrant from a different country, 
and uh, and I just get into their lives. So it's not like um, you know, I had a Syrian refugee on uh, Mohammed Zaza. He's he just goes by Zaza. So there's like 500 Mohammeds in his company. So he's like, <laughs> if someone's like Mohammed, everyone's like yeah. So like he just goes by Zaza, and like I had him on, and yes, he's Syrian, and yes, he's a refugee, but. Um, he also like he's trying to quit smoking and like he can quit smoking and his wife gives and they have a baby now and he's like doesn't want to be like a smoking dad you know like someone who's like nipping off and like always and that's so like relatable as we say like it's so um, human and I was just going to say it humanises it because we hear this thing of these refugees and these immigrants and these Syrians and you know these kind of massive broad titles and um, it's so easy to forget that each one of those is a person with a family, with a story, with a background, with likes and dislikes, and that comes across in your podcast. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. We do hear like these big, with these big broad things, and it's kind of like you hear refugee, and you have this image in your mind. And also, I have to say, like, um, I guess the UK in the UK too, but definitely in the US, like. We have a president at the moment who he campaigned against immigration and it was a huge yeah. issue for, and not just refugees, I mean he definitely doesn't like refugees, but against all immigration, like H-1Bs are in danger, you know, those are like the visas that you get when you're like highly qualified, you're a graduate and it's often tech visas um, and like the country really needs them. Like I thought it was really clever of um, Macron, the French president, to be like, Hey, scientists, come over here. <laughs> he, he's offered like a 1.5 million euro yeah. grant for scientists to move to France. That's genius. Yeah, and it's funny because like I, uh, I also work on a science show, Star Talk, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and like science in America really needs immigrants. Like we really need them, you know, because the skill level they bring and the so I don't know. So there's um so yeah, I definitely was making the show in in the shadow of this anti-immigration stuff, but um. I think that, like, you know, when you hear things like an Iraqi, uh, you know, an Iraqi soldier or whatever, but then you go and meet an Iraqi soldier who lives here and, like, he just got a cat from a shelter and, like, the cat, <laughs> he thought that the cat would, like, help him because he's lonely because he doesn't have a lot of family here, but the cat's, like, a dickhead cat, you know, like one of these cats that's just really aloof and, like, don't you touch me, and it's just like, but I was hoping for more. Increasing the sense of alienation and loneliness within his own home, poor sod. Yeah, the cat's, like, a far-right kind of... <laughs> the, cat, the cat's a Trump supporter. <laughs> the cat voted for <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's funny. It's been a really fun trip for me because I got to go all over the country and meet all these different people where, where they're at and um, and just like chat with them and spend time with them where they work and where they live. And, you know, um, I met this really cool older... Also, like, it's not just, like, new immigrants. I talk to, like, people who are a lot more American than a lot of Americans. Because, like, to get your... It's funny, like, do you remember that man, Kazir Khan? He... He was at the Democratic Convention. He's a gold star father. His his son died, uh, and then Trump Trump took the piss out of him. Mocked him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But there was like the, so that's like an amazing story by itself. And then there, thank you. Hang on, now's a perfect. That's perfect. Go on. The the, the drinks yeah. are arriving. We're going to take a very quick break, and then hold okay. that thought, and we're going to come back. You're listening to uh, the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 
You're listening to The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Uh, we're in New York City, guys, and Maeve Higgins is here. Maeve, you were telling us about um, uh, uh, Trump being an idiot. <laughs> um, I, I think I was saying that uh, I met this cool old Chinese lady who's, like, she's Chinese-American. She's lived here since she was, like... Well, she she doesn't know exactly what age she was when she got here, cause like, but she was between seventeen and twenty. She's like ninety now, or she's between eighty-seven and ninety now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I met her, and she was like leading a voting, like a voting workshop for all these other Chinese seniors. And um, yeah, she lives in San Mateo in California, which I guess you're not. You're just staying in New York, right? We're just we're just in New York, yeah. so we we yeah we're not going to go to California. You're kind of like Sex and the City. You're, that's yeah. why you're here. Like you just want to do the tour. You want to see what it was like yeah. for Carrie. I've done the Sex and the City tour. It's good, right? It's, it's brilliant. I did it um, a few years ago. I came here with my wife, and I yeah. surprised her, and I said, "Hey, yeah. we're on the Sex and the City tour." Oh and it, uh, I knew more of the answers. They have a little quiz when you're on the bus. Yeah. I knew more of the answers than any of the middle-aged dears that were. There. You were answering everything like Steve, Steve. <laughs> who's the, who's the hottest character, Steve? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what else you should do. Like, so right now you're in Brooklyn, you know that, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is where Neil Diamond was born. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Neil Diamond was born in Brooklyn. He, I never knew that. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, there's so much more. You know, it's also the home of like Biggie Smalls and like Jay Z. See how our different music tastes. <laughs> There, Neil Diamond and Jay Z. <laughs> so, you do you live in? We'll talk about the, the place you brought us to because you brought us to a brilliant diner. You live yeah. in in Brooklyn. Yeah, I do. Yeah, why, this. Is why funny. did you choose Brooklyn? Well, uh, because thank you. Because the the film I know, I really like this. Like you can basically have as many cups of diner coffee. Like it's not the same power as like uh, you know. I can't drink that. I've got a latte. I yeah. can't drink that stuff because it just it drives me wild and it gives me the worst indigestion. Oh, yeah. It's really strong, yeah. but it's also just so addictive. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's our coffee. Yeah. You were shaking when you came in. I can see that now your fix is here. You've calmed down a bit. But why, why, did you choose, why did you choose Brooklyn to move to? You can drink. Did Go you on. see the film Brooklyn? No. Did you see the film Brooklyn? No. Okay, so that is not why I chose to live here. But a lot of people are like, is that your life story? In it, like, the girl, this is, like, a favorite film of, like, a million women. So it's, like, an Irish girl leaves from my hometown. Because my hometown of Cove is, like, a big port. And so, like, a million people left from there in 100 years or something. So she left from my hometown. And then she, like, came to Brooklyn. And then, like, a guy in Brooklyn fell in love with her. And then a guy back in Ireland fell in love with her. (laughs) So I wouldn't say I'm, like, modeling my life after her. But I'd say she's an admirable little pussy. Um, I think... No, I think I live. I lived in East Harlem before, and that was like a really fun neighborhood, but like so busy and like dirty and like I don't know. I was like, it was just a lot. Like, why did you? Why? Why did you come to New York? What? What, what was? What was the moment when you're at home? And you went, nah, this isn't. I'm, I've got to go to New York. Well, I was actually in London. Oh, okay. <laughs> why did you move to London first of all? I mean, I always had an idea about New York, like kind of a romantic idea of like yeah. being a writer in the city. Um, and I would say that that has kind of borne out. Um, it just sounded impressive. Like I was working at home and I had a TV show at home in Ireland, but I just like wanted to expand my horizons a bit. Yeah. So then I went to London, which is only an hour away from Dublin. But um, I was in London. I didn't have a great time in London, even really? though, yeah, I mean, my sister lives there now. It's a cool place. 
but I did find it like hard to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I found it like kind of um I don't know, there just wasn't as many like opportunities there. I felt like definitely. it's quite if, if, creatively it's quite a closed shop if you want to get into TV or or film or, or, or radio or things like that. It's a very closed shop. And it's lots of, I don't know what it's like in Ireland, but it's lots of 18-year-olds with very sharp haircuts <laughs> telling grown-ups what to do. And I'm an old man. So when an 18-year-old says, right, you know, but just so that you know, you can't swear on this and you can't... Uh, I kind of know the rules, guys. Yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I would add to that that there was also, like, a lot of, like, posh men <laughs> in charge of things. Yeah, yeah. And... the you know that's not my thing like they don't get me I don't get them like I was just like this isn't gonna happen for me so I definitely had some great times and some good career stuff happened for me there but when I got um, a visa to come here I was like I'm I'm just gonna try it like I said I tried for a year and then I extended it for three so yeah and I just here there's like a curiosity and there's like an openness in both work stuff and socially too like people like it's a very ambitious city and it's very easy to like make connections if you are like you know up for it now someone you've hooked up with that we've had on the show before and i think hopefully we're going to speak to him later in the week john ronson the fantastic john ronson yeah i should say in america hooked up with means a different thing than in britain oh have i implied that you are having um, relations okay well a a person that despite my uh, most valiant attempts he will not submit to me Um, I met John Ronson when I was 15 years old and he was managing um, a band called The Man From Del Monte which was this brilliant Manchester band that never got as big as they should have done and a very drunk 15 he was wearing a monkeys t-shirt and I'm obsessed with the monkeys and a very drunk 15 year old me was going give us your t-shirt man come on just give me a t-shirt man like, like, like a twat would do you know um, but you're, you're doing a show with John that hopefully we're going to try and come and see this week what's that about? yeah so Every month we do a show. We we just became friends actually through Josie Long, who's a great, oh, wow. great okay, comedian. Yeah. And um, she introduced us. She was like, oh, you're both living there. And we had met before at a comedy festival in California. But, um, but your life is so glamorous. No. <laughs> well... Uh, I feel like he saw me bombing would be a more... Oh, no. <laughs> he saw me bombing, but like he saw what I was trying to do. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we started to do the show where it was about being new in New York because we were both new at the time. And we would basically pick out the most interesting people we could find and get them to do just 10 minutes on stage. And we would co-host it. And not, not stand... Was it stand-up or just, just, just telling their stories? Kind of whatever. Like, we had, we've had scientists, we've had, like, writers, artists, um, you know, anybody who's interesting can come and just do 10 minutes. Okay. And so we've had, like, cartoonists and stuff. And, like, you know, people whose stuff has happened to them. Like, this one lady who had, like, a brain hemorrhage. And so... She came and told her story, and she like started to see every color differently and stuff. And it's weird, you know. John like John is really yeah. like he he, finds, he likes his weird stuff. He finds ever, and we had you know um, one of the cool ladies from the uh, well, what's her name? Megan Megan Phelps. So she was part of that church who were um, the Westboro Baptist Church, who were famously... God God hates fags. Yeah. Picketed um, soldiers' funerals and things. Exactly. So they were terrible bigots. She was in that family. She was one of the most vocal... uh, They would do these horrible presentations and be very anti-gay and anti-soldier. But she had a... She changed her mind. She came... uh, 
she's gone full circle now and now she's like living yeah she's an amazing she's twitter advocate for all things just it's crazy isn't that incredible because they i mean they're quite famous in the uk because i think um, did Louis Theroux, I think Louis Theroux might have done a program about oh, yeah. them. I know Keith Allen did one as well, and they would occasionally. Pop, I think James Whale, one of our colleagues, kind of had them on a couple of times, maybe. Um, she completely transferred the other way and yeah. became, in inverted commas, normal. Yeah, she did a TED talk about it, and she came and did our show too. And it was, um, it's all about how to talk to somebody because if you remember, she. They're, they're really media savvy like you just yeah. mentioned like three shows that yeah, they've yeah. been on um, and so she talked about how people just writing to her saying I hate you how can you say this stuff like it didn't work and so what worked was people actually engaging with her and having like constructive discussions yeah I mean it took years and I'm still like oh god you know when I see people online and when I see all these terrible things that are happening like the far right here are raising money to um stop the rescue boats in the Mediterranean and like almost 2,000 people they're raising money to stop the rescue boats yeah that's incredible yeah they have nearly $100,000 yeah it's yeah I mean if you follow like uh, Meds on San Frontier their their um, at sea account is incredible because they're they show all the rescues happening and the Irish Navy is out there too rescuing people Um, but there's a lot of comments always being like like just saying horrible things about these rude rude comments on twitter you surprise me Maeve (laughs) but but to see that you know of course that's something that we're all so used to but to see it transferring into real life where people are putting money into this thing to actually stop and let these people drown is like blows me away so I'm, I'm, I I'm if there's a way to get to them when they're just commenting before they take action. Uh, it, it, uh, everything's a bit bleak at the moment. With with I mean I don't know if you've noticed what's been going on over in Britain recently. But it's the weirdest time over there with the with Brexit, with the general election, with the you know the terror attacks. So the, and this strange setup that Theresa May has now got, where she's not she doesn't even mention the general election now. That never that never happened, um, and it is. It does seem to be that right-wing arseholes and racists, they don't have a legitimacy, but they, they kind of believe that they have a legitimacy to speak out now and be obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's crazy, right? I mean, you know, that all I can think about, this is so immature, but you know the DUP? Yeah. Do you know that there's like this famous story in Ireland where like one of the DUP councillors, Rihanna, was filming in his field? This happened, like, just a couple of years ago. I can't remember the man's name, but he's a DUP councillor. And uh, she was filming a video, like, running through his cornfields. Oh, Rihanna, the Yeah, Yeah, Rihanna, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's like the Neil Diamond of America. (laughs) Um, But uh, she was taping, and his his video had full permission, you know, had paid and everything. And then he saw that she was, like, almost topless in the video, and he stopped the whole production. Wow. And now, those are the... Those are the guys who are going to be, like, leading the Brexit negotiations or whatever. Suddenly the DUP seem quite cool, <laughs> if that's their attitude. Um, listen, we'll have another quick break. I say a quick break. We'll stop for 20 seconds, drink our coffee, and then carry on. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uncut, after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um... We, now, 
We are in... What is this place you brought us to? This, this is lovely. Called, this is called Dizzy's Diner, and it's in Park Slope in Brooklyn. So, yeah, it's, it's my local. It's my fave. It's, it's very funky. It's very lovely. <laughs> very, very nice gentleman. That, all the waiting staff in America are the nicest people in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're so lovely. Um, I think... Uh, I mean, I was a waitress. Never here, actually. Oh, okay. I was never a waitress here. I was like a grumpy Irish waitress in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember once I was like bringing a plate of wedges. I worked in like a cafe that was like a lot of fried goods. And I was bringing a plate of wedges to someone. And then I looked down and the wedges were gone from the plate. And they had slid off in their own grease like into some lady's shopping. Oh, yeah, that's like the worst thing that ever happened to me geez. as a waitress. I know. We, um... We went to a place yesterday, just just wandered into it, by, kind of by mistake, called Stardust, where oh, it's on Broadway. So you, I think you can imagine where this is going. So you walk in and there's a, there's a woman on a table with a microphone, in, and all the waiting staff get up and sing songs from the musicals mm-hmm. without any let-up. Look at your face, you hate oh it. Oh my God, it just sounds so painful. We had the time of our lives. <laughs> We're there doing the full tourist thing going, oh my God, this is amazing. I mean, you... With the greatest of respect, you could kind of hear why one or two of them weren't actually performing in Broadway musicals. There, <laughs> some of them were very brave. How can I couch this positively? Some of them were very brave in going for those high notes. Oh but perhaps they stumbled at the last hurdle. I know, yes, last night was the Tonys too. So, like, right, every so, musical yeah. fan would have been, like, on a high yeah. already. So, I'm sure you got to see some amazing performances. <laughs> so, Stardust, okay, I'll put that on my list of places never to go. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, um, So, you li- you've been in, the- in New York for three years. You're doing the podcast. Oh, yeah, the science podcast you do. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So um, it's called Star Talk, and yeah. I'm just a co-host on it. And so it's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who he's famous, isn't he? He is. He's famous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... Um, He's an extraordinary man. He presented Cosmos, like the new version of Cosmos. Um, he was, I think, taught by Carl Sagan. Um, he also has this show called Star Talk, which is um, a science show with with a comedian co-host, and it's kind of science and pop culture. Right. So they like interview uh, celebrities, sports stars, like people like that, and talk about science in their life. And it's also a TV show on the National Geographic Channel. Yeah. But it's been a podcast for like five years. So my job on it is just to be like, I don't need to know anything about science. Um, I, I, which is good, yes. <laughs> which is good. It's my job to like ask questions and to just be curious. And, right. and, and, and so I get to meet all these cool people, like people who found like the biggest set of dinosaur bones in the world. Or like, wow. you know, I, I just did a show with Carolyn Porco, who was worked on the Voyagers, you know, the, those little, the tiniest... The, the man-made objects that are most far from Earth now, like one of them has gone into outer space. Like, so I got to meet her, and she was telling me all about like Saturn's rings and like showing me photos. Not me personally, but like we did a show about it. It see, was that, like, yeah, about me. <laughs> see, that's I got two little boys who are seven and five, and they're obsessed with 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 the the planets and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of been dragged in. That sounds fa- fantastic. You get to hang out with these people, and yeah. and I'm guess I'm I'm guessing. Because I'm, you know, I'm an idiot when it comes to this. But I don't mind asking really dumb questions to get the answer. I think that's helpful in this context. Yeah. Like, I think, and it's funny that you mentioned kids because, like, kids actually love the show yeah. too. Because, like, I suppose they're learning a bit about it in school, and also they're just like not beaten down by the world. Yeah. So they're just like, I care about the planet, or like whatever. That'll change. That'll change. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so it does help to be like a Dumbo comedian who's just like, wait a second, why isn't Pluto a planet or whatever? I mean, I try not to do that voice, but... <laughs> Every now and then you just find yourself slipping into it. Yeah. And he was on, did he, am I right, he came on um, Your Immigrant Show. Yes. So, uh, Neil... Maven America, the, 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 you came on The Immigrant Show. Yeah, because, so like I told you, the show is usually an immigrant telling their story. Yeah. And then we have some comedians and we have like some we have data uh, data from Mona Chalaby who's like the data editor with the Guardian she's a yeah. fabulous London girl who's really funny and she's like an immigrant herself here in America but um yeah so but for the for the last show of the season I wanted to get to zoom out because like we said there's all this noise like there's all this like these people shouldn't be let in like these people should go home there should be a wall you know there's all this like uh it's just horrible like it's horrible so the reason I wanted to talk to Neil is he's an astrophysicist and he has like this like cosmic viewpoint Um, he doesn't like whack it out all the time but like it's there in him and so he's really great to talk to about these bigger questions so I just wanted to ask him about like his viewpoint on immigration and and on migration and global migration and humans throughout the centuries and um, I mean it's funny because you know his grandparents were immigrants, so I kind of thought maybe he'd want to talk about that. They came from, um, I think, San Lucia, and I can't remember, one of the other islands. And uh, and he was like, no, he's like, I don't identify that way. He's like, I identify as somebody, like, we all, where you draw the line is arbitrary. Yeah. Like, we all came from Africa initially. And this is not, like, a college student who's just wrapped, this is, like, the premier asked for the head of the Hayden Planetarium. He's given it a lot of consideration. Now, he's saying we all come from Africa. Does he not buy into the theory that perhaps we come from another planet? (laughs) Everybody wants him to say that. (laughs) Um, No, so it was really cool to talk to him. It was like really kind of like, oh, some sense, you know, there's like some sense happening. Yeah. Um, we, so we, we started talking about dizzies, and then we we, um, yeah. we didn't. This is great. This is a really funky. This is when you th- think of an American diner. This is the kind of place with the round bar, sto- red bar stools, the red kind of um, nogger hide seats and things. This is. I know. This is, it has like this huge booth, and I think the the thing about it is it's so funny. I'm always like, oh, diners and their booths. Like I love sitting in a booth. I don't know why. It's not like someone's. You know, I feel like really cozy and protected when I'm in a booth. And then I realized, like, because Irish snugs, you know, snugs and yeah. pubs. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's just familiar to me. Yeah. I thought it was because it was like Americana. But it's just like, no, I just love to drink and not know that I'm not going to get stabbed in the back. <laughs> For me, this sitting in the booth is like being in happy days you, 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 with the fonds. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this. Yeah. Um, so, listen, the. the, the, the I'm really impressed with American podcasts. Okay, they seem so much more clued up than British ones. How do you how do you make yours? Have you got a big team with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I it's a funny time for podcasting right now because there's a lot of money sloshing around. Is there in the states? Because because in the UK, no one's really worked out how to monetize it. But there's money for pods here. Well, no one has worked out how to monetize it here either. But what I'm saying is, there's a lot of people putting money in. Okay, right. <laughs> but but like it's interesting. Apple have just said they're going to let you see the data because like there's no data. So I think it's like a really exciting time to be making a podcast. I know a lot of people still make it on a shoestring. Personally, I couldn't have made my one on a shoestring because it required a ton of research. It required, I I had two producers and I had to have like a travel budget and also my time because it was a full-time 
job for me while we were while we were taping. Um, so I I love podcasts. Like I love like the freedom, the flexibility. I think you can make one by yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody to let you make it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting time for them. I don't. I think if you come back in a year, like everything will have changed again. <laughs> All right, listen. Let's take a quick break. Um, and um, then we'll come back. We've got another few minutes with uh, Maeve Higgins, and we'll get all the plugs in and we'll, we'll, all the links and the websites and the places you need to go to. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, uh, you're listening to the late night alternative with Ian Lee. Catherine, uh, Catherine is here, obviously, producing away. I say producing. You're, what are you doing? I'm timing you and um, making um, gestures when it's time to shut up. Um, now, you. Um, you've got a question for Maeve. Don't, just, just do it now. I'm totally obsessed with your podcast, as you know. And I've been watching her, and I said when she came in, it's so nice to hear your voice coming out of your face. I know it's a weird thing to say, but uh, when you meet someone who's been in your head for so long, it's amazing. You have a very specific yeah. question. We're taking questions from the production team. A very specific question about a particular episode of Maeve in America. Oh, God, right. Mona, your friend Mona, who is the data guru. She knows everything about figures and the stuff she doesn't know she can kind of make up, right? So I know she's been doing a lot of dating in America and, you know, she has kind of, um, she has needs like everybody else. Does she ever get them met? Because I'm like, (laughs) my heart is going out to that girl because it seems like a real hard thing to meet someone in New York who isn't a complete douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're so right. And I, I mean, you're, you're, you sound so compassionate when you're talking. I tease her mercilessly all the time. About like her singlehood, um, but she she remains single. I mean, she is a super busy woman. Okay, she just did all the British election coverage uh, with Richard Osman on Channel Four. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that. she and so she was in England. She also did the Sydney Writers Festival. She was just in Australia. She's like, and she's brilliant and she's stunning. So I think that's why I feel like it's okay to tease her because like she's doing great. But um, yeah, like we did a Valentine's episode of the podcast where we met lots of different immigrants who had been fallen in love, like, you know, had gotten a green card through falling in love, you know, like all these different immigration stories, people with arranged marriages. And I was like, Mona, we have to send you on a date because it's like Valentine's Day. You're an immigrant. It's going to be perfect. So we sent, I had met this uh, friend of a friend of mine. I had only met him once. He seemed super cool. Uh, very nice kind of artistic Brooklyn guy and so I set them up on a date and sent uh, my producer went listened taped the whole thing nightmare disaster it like could not have gone worse she ended up in floods of tears yeah it was what went so I mean I'm worried to ask are we allowed to know or is it no I mean you can hear it on the show how it played out but like it was (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing but like okay so it was just after Trump announced the Muslim ban okay And, uh, you know, Mona's uh, status was, like, in peril. Um, She's Iraqi heritage, British, on a, you know, on a visa here. So she was just shook, like a lot of people, a lot of brown people are, and for good reason. So they were chatting during the date, and, uh, you know, he asked... He said he had a cold. He had been feeling a bit like under the weather, and he just got this new puppy. So the last week had been really hard for him. Right. Mona was like, "Yeah, the last week was hard for me too." Like, uh, <laughs> I'm worried if I can come back into this country ever again. And you've got a puppy, <laughs> exactly, and a bit of a cold. Um, and so it just kind of went downhill from there because she tried to explain to him. She was like, "Well, you know, I'm." I'm really stressed and like my family's worried and my friends are in danger and uh, 
and he was like oh you know I don't watch the news like it's really hard for me I find it really triggering and so it just was like you know what he's not a bad guy at all Um, and but it just was a terrible uh, you know smashing together of people where one person is not affected directly by what's happening in the world and the other person is just like privilege versus not privilege how is um, the puppy doing do we know (laughs) yeah I mean I follow him on Instagram and like he's having a great time and the puppy's beautiful he is fine. Listen, white men in this country are absolutely fine. They have nothing to worry about. Well, that's that's a relief then. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got anything? Do you do stand up here? Do you? Do, I mean, what, what other? How do you fill your days? Oh, good question. I mean, I'm writing at the moment. I have a book deal with Penguin okay. to write like funny essays. So I'm. Um, writing in my apartment trying not to go crazy I do shows every now and then uh, like this show with John and I do a bit of stand up yeah yeah how does this how does the stand up uh, work over here I find I did stand up years and years ago and it was a means to an end and I was terrible and I hated it I hated the self-loathing and the self-doubt and the you know um, but I could go home and be with friends and st- well you've got friends over here of course but it does it feel different doing it in New York? I would say people here are unbelievably supportive, like to a fault. Like they don't want you to bomb. Like London, the scene is like very different. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I've done stand up all over. The, my favorite club is like the Stand in Glasgow, even yeah. though it's like tough. <laughs> but it's just like you know if you're doing, you know how good you are yeah. if you do well in the Stand in Glasgow. It's the Stand in Glasgow because we've been approached to do the rabbit hole at the Stand in Glasgow. Maybe we should pass. No, on you that. should do it. It's fantastic. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, one time I went there and there was like a group of soldiers who were just back from Afghanistan and that did not go well. Because I was like, what's up with my cat? Oh, <laughs> she stares at me. You know, like, it was just, and they were like not interested in what I had to say. <laughs> um, pick, can you pick one memorable um, person that you've met on uh, doing the Maven America? The one that struck me was, I can't remember his name. I think he was the Egyptian John Stewart. Does that? Does that? He, he was like a big, big kind of alternative comedian in inverted commas star over there and satirical comedy, and um, it all got rather unpleasant. And he came over here. I can't remember what the gentleman's name was. Yeah, he he's amazing. He um, he is called the Egyptian John Stewart, he and is, he's okay. he's hugely famous in Egypt. Um, and I'm just, you know what's so crazy? I just have to check what his name is for sure. <laughs> I wasn't going to say, but your phone has come out and you're looking. Basim Yusuf. There we go, Basim Yusuf. Um, Basim Yusuf. Also, like, he... he uh, I talked to Basim Yusuf. He's moved to LA now. Okay. And he's deeply handsome. I mean, I think that's why I couldn't remember his name, because his face stays in my mind. Oh, that came across. Listen, he sounded handsome. He did sound dreamy. There's a certain confidence that, like, good-looking people have. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like got this steel grey hair and these like bright blue eyes and he's like so clever and he's also like a little bit sad that's the perfect combination that's going to have chicks just melting at his feet he's married but um anyway so he is super smart satirical comedian like you said was working in Egypt he cannot do that anymore like Egypt is really shutting down to any kind of freedom of the press or satire or anything like that and it's crazy to see that happening in real time. And I think we should be so watchful of that as, you know, we live in like the UK, the US, like we still have so much freedom, but we should look to our like 
you know, Mexico, Egypt, yeah. like people are really uh, hurting because they're like trying to express themselves and they can't. And that's so dangerous, you know. What's the plan? What's the long term plan for Maeve Higgins? I mean, I'm going to try and break him up with his wife. Oh, I, didn't mean, <laughs> I meant you, for you in terms of, you know, your life and stuff. Oh, you, oh, you're oh, going to move in there. That's... <laughs> That's going to happen. You, sh- you can split them up. Yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> uh, I've just applied for another three-year visa, so okay. hopefully I will get that, I hope. Um, and just like keep doing what I'm doing, finish my book, keep making the show, yeah. meet more immigrants, and just... Uh, it's a fascinating time to, to live here, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, definitely. And what's the, I mean, watching it from afar... I don't know anything about American politics, but Trump's, Trump is nuts, right? That seems obvious, but there are still people here that love him and support him, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, the, voted, you know, the, the reports are always that his, his base is solid. He has 82% approval rating among his base, yeah. and I think 38% with the rest of the country, which right. is historically low. Wow. Um, so I don't know. And I mean, everyone talks about Trump, but like who I worry about are Steve Bannon and Steve Miller yeah. in his administration, who are so uh, virulently racist and anti-immigration. And, well, Steve, and Steve Bannon is, 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 people are saying, is, you know, it's President Bannon, that, that, you know, he's kind of the mastermind. And he is, if you look into his, I didn't know anything about him. And I guess kept hearing this name. So I, I Googled him. Oh, man, alive. What, a, what an unpleasant person. Yeah, and I think that he uh, has this, you know, dark worldview, famously, and I just think it's now it's going to really impact people's lives. Like, if, if they get to do what they're trying to do, which is, like, ban refugees from Muslim countries, then that's just so bad for the world, obviously. I yeah. mean, so he's the one that I'm watching, Miller, too, and, and Sessions, because they're, they're working away. Like, everyone can see Trump. He's on Twitter. He's blustering around. But, like, those guys are really working away the whole, every day, every minute they're working. Um, we're going to come to the show on Wednesday with you and John Ronson. Uh, do, do you know... Do you know who's going to be there? What we can expect on Wednesday night? Yeah, we have. I know John is going to talk about like some bespoke porn that he's been <laughs> that he's been reporting on, and that's going to that's really fascinating and weird. Bespoke porn. Yeah, there you. I think that's what he's going to talk about. Um, I'm going to do some comedy. I think I'll do stand up, and then a really funny guy called Gary Richardson, who's like a young uh, Chicago comic, is on. He like makes me laugh so much like yeah. he's like my favorite new person oh, this year um and then who else is going to be on oh michelle buteau who's really super funny too and uh joe berkowitz who's just written a book about puns oh, okay. <laughs> um and yeah i think that's our there's somebody else too that i just can't recall but there's a top secret guest that will be announced on the evening but it's going to be worth no, catching no, katie perry no <laughs> Um, okay, listen, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for bringing us here to Dizzy's. It's brilliant. I'm going to order breakfast now because I'm starving. Um, where should people go? If they want to find all your bits and pieces, where are the best places to go? Uh, Instagram is my favourite. Yep. Maeve in America on Instagram. But I'm also on Twitter, Maeve Higgins. And then uh, Maeve in America is the podcast. Okay. And that's literally like maveinamerica.com. And it's M A E V. E. That was it. I knew there was, there was something brilliant. <laughs> hey, listen, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Yeah, thanks. You too. Thanks. Let's get some breakfast. Well, that was Maeve Higgins. 
wasn't she absolutely delightful? I loved her. Yeah. Absolutely loved her. And that podcast, honestly, is a brilliant. It's well worth a listen. Thoroughly recommend it. Um, the noise you can hear is because we've left Dizzy's. We had, um, I had corned beef hash. Now, I thought corned beef came in a tin. This stuff weren't from no tin. No, and it wasn't that kind of mushy, squished together, chipboard version of meat that you get at home, right? It was kind of, it looked like sort of pulled pork consistency. It was delicious. It was lovely. Uh, now we're on the move again. So we're on, we're on 7th, at, well, we're in Brooklyn, and we're about to get the subway. I don't think I've ever been on the New York subway. I don't think I have. I have. And it's exactly like in the 80s movies. We get murdered. Yeah, exactly. People get murdered. Or ghosts get on. Okay, we're looking, we're looking for the F train. Um, and so we are off now. We're going to go to the New York Tourist Board place to get some um, tub- subway tokens and some passes. Um, and then we've got kind of a day of sort of wandering around, looking at bits and pieces, um, which you will hear about on tomorrow's show this time travel thing is doing my head in because this is half past ten in the morning which is half past two in the afternoon but you're listening to this at nearly one o'clock in the, oh God. the point is you're listening to this and we're very grateful and if you're not listening to it why don't you go and eat dirt um don't forget dear listener we are in new york city all week um with a mixture of pre-recorded bits and pieces and live bits and pieces um uh, if you want to find out what's happening, I thoroughly suggest you follow me on Twitter, at Ian Lee, or I'm also on Instagram as Ian Lee. And we're posting up videos um, as, as we kind of make them. Um, and you can see those on uh, uh, youtube.com slash rabbit hole. And if the perverts want to follow you on Twitter, Kath? At Flipping Kath. But without a G. No G, no need. Oh, I see. I like that. Um, all right, dear listener, listen, thank you. I hope you're enjoying this thing. You know, send us your comments. Do let us know um, what, you, uh, what you're making of it. Um, and if you've got any suggestions of where we should go, don't say, you know, the Statue of Liberty and stuff. Cause, uh, but, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you to Ed, who is um, beavering away in London, you sucker. Is that an F train? It's a G. No G, no need. Um, Until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock your time, this has been The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio, the 21st century dream team of dialogue, debate and discourse. Talk Radio, give it some lift.